I'm Janet Decay. And I'm Grim Gory. And together we host The, the Mummy and, and the, the Monkey, Monkey Show. And you're listening to Monster, Monster Kid, Kid Radio. Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Let's record something for the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am at Monster Bash. It is uh, Friday early evening, I suppose. It's almost 6 o'clock. Did I say Friday? No, it's Thursday. It's Thursday. I'm operating on about three hours sleep. And, uh, (laughs) man. So I I took a flight from Portland at 11.30 p.m. Flew all the way to Philadelphia. Got there around 7 or so in the air for about five hours maybe slept three hours tops then from Philly to Pittsburgh got picked up by Scott and Tracy Morris and uh, now I am here and we've got the table set up and actually I told everybody on the show previously that the Monster Kid radio table was going to be right next to registration it's not it's actually in a better location in that I am the first table people see when they come into the Monster Bash I am right here front and center I'm having a blast already even though I'm exhausted and that's just you know how it's going to be because uh, I don't think I'm going to get a lot of sleep this weekend. Anyway, Monster Bash. I am so happy that I am finally here, that it's finally happened. And they don't know I'm going to do this, but I'm going to shove a microphone in Tracy's face. <laughs> and really, she just gave me a look. And, and, and honestly, Tracy Morris has known me long enough to know that if she's anywhere near my personal bubble, while I've got this thing going, she's going to get on mic. Or at least I'm going to try to get her on mic. Tracy Morris, how you doing? I am doing well. So we are here at Monster Bash. It's been a while since you've come, right? Yes. I did not get here last year. I believe the year before was my last time. And then there was the Hammer, when they did the Hammer, Ladies of Hammer. I think that might have been my last one. But I am really looking forward to it and think we'll have a really good time. Is there anything in particular you are looking forward to uh, this weekend? I'm looking forward to hearing some of the authors' talks, a couple of the movies, and of course, Victoria Price. That I am looking forward to. I haven't seen her yet, actually. I'm a little, um, I guess things don't officially start until tomorrow, so maybe she just won't get here until tomorrow. But yeah, Victoria's awesome. You going to watch any of the movies? As many as I can. Are you familiar with what's being played this weekend at all? Uh, I've read through the list, but I honestly, nothing jumps out in my mind at the moment. I was just prompted, reminded that Day of the Triffids will be showing, and that is one I am very interested in, because I have read the book. I don't think I've ever seen the movie, though, so really looking forward to that. Who prompted you? Hey, it's that guy with the camera. How's it going, man? Do I know you? I don't know. I, I, three hours sleep, you all, kind of, everybody kind of blurs into like one blobby kind of face. I don't know. Oh, that's right. I was your Uber driver earlier. <laughs> Exactly. Scott, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm at Monster Bash. How could I not be doing Woo-hoo! good? <laughs> what are you looking forward to the most this weekend? Hanging out with you. See, this is how Scott gets on Monster Kid Radio as often as he does. I'm just... <laughs> he doesn't want you to fire him again. <laughs> We're long past the days of where I get to fire Scott. Uh, any uh, particular guests or anybody you want to make sure you connect with? 
I'm definitely looking forward to uh, Victoria Price as well. Several other uh, of the talks, uh, I've also heard rumors that there might be a scene from the blob that hasn't been seen uh, before, might be showing up sometime this weekend. I'm looking forward to that if that's, a, that's the case. I heard that too, and I'm trying to make sure that uh, I get a chance to see that because you know, I want to see that. I'm probably going to skip a lot of the movies this time around. I mean, I know there's some movies that I haven't seen yet, but you know, I've got a table to man. And really, a lot of these movies I can see at home. And I, I know there's something about seeing it with my mo- fellow monster kids, and that's fun and all, but is what it is. But if they do have this blob thing, I do want to get in on that action, for sure. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. So much more Monster Bash coming. Okay, so we are sitting here. This is my first interview of the weekend, and I'm really excited. Oh, because no pressure on me, Ray. <laughs> I've been excited to t- chat with you because oh, I've been following you on Facebook. We're friends on Facebook, but uh, you were a Rondo Award winner last year. Last year, yes. You won a Lifetime Award here last yes. year, an award-winning artist who's got some very unique artwork. You've got a very distinct style that I love. Malcolm Gittins, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. How many times have you come to the Bash? As a fan... Since the very beginning, 1997. Oh my God, am I old? Um, <laughs> yeah. So for 21 years, um, I've been setting up now with my art. I think maybe it might be nine or ten years. I'm not exactly sure. Okay. Wow. But I've been bringing my having my table for at least ten, maybe nine, ten years. Yeah. And how long have you uh, been doing art? How long have you been an artist? Oh my God, basically all my life. Yeah. Yeah. Is it all monster themed? Is that what um, got you into it? No. Well. Here's, here's the thing. I grew up a monster kid. The first movie I saw was King Kong vs. Godzilla. I was five years old. Oh, I love that movie so much. After that, that's it. <laughs> to, that, from then on, that's that's where my head went, right away to monsters. And I saw so many movies growing up at my theater where I lived. And it's like I saw Dracula was from the grave and all the Japanese monster movies. And just oh. on every weekend, I was at my theater, mm-hmm. double features to boot. Oh, wow. Oh, man. You know? Plus cartoons and stuff and like real movie experience where you don't get to sit through 30 minutes of commercials. That's amazing. Like it is now. So I grew up and then, you know, since I'm from Pittsburgh, every Saturday night it was Chili Billy until the theater. Mm-hmm. He's the first person to show my art, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I had sent him. I had met him, oh my God, summer of 76, something like that. And I had been watching Chili the Theater since I was nine years old. Okay. That got me hooked into him he invited me up to the station one night to watch some tape of show which was oh, awesome wow. I couldn't believe it but um, I sent him some of my artwork and I did the show he would show you know, read letters or whatever yeah. and he showed three of my pieces of art oh. so that was the first you know, real exposure wow that my art had and ever since from that day on I mean I was like I was 18 literally from that moment on he became a lifelong friend he was a mentor I considered him to be a father figure and whenever I would do a show or whatever, he would promote it, you know, mm-hmm. on his radio show or whatever oh, he was doing. Wow. Every time he was, when he was here, mm-hmm. it was like a big family reunion thing. And he supported me. I don't know why. He saw something me at 18 that he knew that this is what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And I miss him. I miss him dearly. I never had an opportunity to meet Chili Billy Cardelli. I always okay. wanted to. And for listeners who don't know, he was a classic horror host. He was a Night of the Living 20 Dead. years. Uh, he's just a radio broadcaster. Right. The, the man was a legend. They did a thing for his 50th anniversary in broadcasting. Oh, wow. He made it to 53 years in broadcasting. So that's, you know... That's, that's longevity, that's, that's man. A, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's, that's very cool that he kind of yeah, saw that. See, I, don't know, I, like, I don't know what it was, but you know, he saw something and he 
encouraged me and, you know, supported me. And when times were bad, he would offer advice and mm-hmm. stuff. So that, that stuck with me, how he treated me. I try to do that to other people. Right. Just for, you know, his honor, trying to do the right thing for people. You know, I've noticed that about this particular community. I mean, I know there are other fandoms out there, you know, comic books, sci-fi movies, yeah, whatever. Right. But there's something about the classic monster community that I've always found supportive and kind of welcoming and, and, and wanting to prop each other up. And that's amazing that he it, did that it, for it, you. He did, yeah. So now I try, to, I try. you know, people ask me for advice. So I don't, I feel weird by, I, like, I'm nobody, right? But I try to help, you know, if I can. And just because of what he did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I try to honor that. Well, and you share your artwork online. You've got a couple of Facebook groups, and, yes. and I see what you do there. And it's such a unique style. I can see it, and I'm like, okay, that's a Malcolm Gettin's piece. I, well, I can totally it, tell. It's, it's so cool. I do the 60s style of art. Yeah. That's what I grew up with. And I just love it so much. The, the colors, the style, that's that's what I do. That's one of the things I love most is the colors. This, oh, thank the, your you. color choices. And I'm a, I'm a little colorblind, so maybe I'm not getting it all. But the color palette really kind of speaks to me because it has that kind of 60s pop-ish kind of. Yes, yes. I love it. It's so cool. I'm going to make sure there's links to your Facebook group okay. in the show notes of this. Do you have a website okay. as well or is it all yeah, on Facebook? Yeah, my, my cards are right over here. I can give you one of my, post, okay. one of my postcards. Okay. So I can give you some information. Sure. And do you sell prints online as well? You know, it depends. If somebody wants something, I'll sell it to them. But usually I just I just do this. Okay. You know, okay. It's, it's where things go pretty well i don't look at my art like it's money i look at it just because i love to do it mm. it kills me to sell something <laughs> <laughs> i've often thought about that like you know i'm not an artist it hurts <laughs> but if i created a, an original piece if i was trying to do something i wouldn't want to let it go all that time you put into no, it you know it's, it's gotten well i've been doing this now conventions and things for 17 years yeah wow so I'm, i kind of know what i'm doing finally it took it, it, it took a few false starts to know what I was doing because uh, I'm self-taught. Yeah, I'm self-taught. Wow. So try to find what works and what doesn't work, and then you know I used to do Comic Con, I used to do a bunch of other conventions, but this is the convention that just is is the best one I've ever done. It's pretty special. I was just yeah. telling somebody else this is like my Christmas, my Halloween, and my birthday all right. wrapped up in one. Everybody comes here. It's like you know for the past few years now, it's not only a convention; it's, it's become a big family reunion. Yeah. And, yeah. you, and you can talk to anybody. You don't even have to know anybody. You can sit down and talk to somebody instantaneously. You know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's like you've known each other all your lives. Yeah, I, I that's agree. What the, that's what this is like. Th- this is my tribe. This is my people. Right. You know, this is where I feel the most rejuvenated because there's just so much of so many other people that are into the same thing that right. I'm into and, and sometimes even more so so I sit and learn you know from those folks so it's right. just amazing uh, and to have uh, you know authors and creators and, and, and painters and artists and, and, and podcasters I guess <laughs> at this well, event now yeah, yeah is, is pretty special we do something on my podcast uh, called the classic five some people call it a game some people call it a conversation starter okay. but basically what it is I've got a deck of cards here okay and each one of these cards has a this or that what movie do you like better kind of question about classic monster movies how do you feel about playing around with the classic sure. five all right sure here we go one more shuffle here now this is the official deck that i'm making available oh, this is, for sale okay now. this is like the no x-ray glasses deck or anything okay no 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 okay i'm just so talking. there are no wrong answers here okay and there are some monster bash exclusive questions in this deck uh, okay. so so here we go no pressure 
Card number one, Malcolm. If you could have a drink or a meal with any Monster Bash guest, past or present, who would it be? <sighs> That's tough because I've met so many of my people I grew up with, you know, mm-hmm. with watching or reading. Cory Ackerman was a, was a great influence on my life. Oh. And Famous Monsters was a great influence. So I got to meet him mm-hmm. here at the Bash. Ben Chapman, who was a land creature yeah. in the Zoo Lagoon. I've had, he was a great person and really funny too. That's tough. Somebody I haven't met or would have liked to have met. Oh boy. It's just like, you know, Karloff, Lugosi. I, I, yeah. I, I did meet Vincent Price once. Yeah, how was that? I, was, I couldn't believe it. He was doing a tour in 1975. And he was coming to my, my hometown. Oh, wow. So I got to see his one-man show, and I was able to get a backstage pass. Oh. And, of course, my mouth didn't work at all. <laughs> so I, I stood next to him. I said I babbled something out, and he you know, signed a painting, and I did. So that was very cool. But I had to pick one person. Oh, boy. Maybe Ron Cheney Jr. Oh, yeah. Since he was still alive during the 70s. Yeah. So maybe him. Right on. Maybe okay. Him. All right. Card number two. What classic monster movie should be turned into a musical? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I see too many, way too many possibilities. Um, Robot Monster comes to mind. Robot Monster the musical. <laughs> that, that comes to mind with the, bu- me up. You know, the bubble machine going full tilt. You oh, know. man. Lawrence Welk playing the orchestra. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Listeners, I want somebody to write me a musical number called Robot- I Can't Yet I Must. Yeah. I, I want the <laughs> Another one. Oh, boy. There was this thing. And if you haven't seen it, you're in for um, a delight. It's called The Creeping Terror. Oh, yeah. The Giant Carpet. Oh, yeah. There's one. That would be like a, a good one, maybe. And, you know, that movie's in the public domain, so somebody I know, could so do somebody it. do it, yeah. The Creeping Terror. The music. You know what? I want to see both of those now, so I'll take both answers. Okay. All right. All right. Card number three. This is from the Hammer Expansion Deck. Okay. What movie do you prefer better? Taste the Blood of Dracula or Blood from the Mummy's Tomb? Can I say something else? <laughs> sure. Actually, I've never seen the blood from the movie's tomb. Oh, okay. Believe, so. believe it or not, I've I've never seen it. But if I had to, okay, I'm going. I have to do this because I've met Veronica Carlson, and I still oh, can't. She's such a sweet. And I I still can't talk to her when I'm around her. Um, <laughs> I was ten, and so uh-huh. I Dracula has risen from the grave. Oh, nice. And that stuck with me all this all these years. And when I finally got to meet her the first time, I, my mouth just went. So to calm me down, she kisses me on the cheek, and it's like. <gasps> That's supposed to help. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I said, that, that's, that's not helping. But the really cool thing was, last year when I won my Rondo Award and my Monster Bash Lifetime, she, where she was a guest here. Uh-huh. So I got to share those two things with her. Oh. And I had the, the photos around my table. If you want to walk by later and see, see the pictures. And I'm thinking to myself, how totally cool is this? How lucky am I and blessed? I get to do what I love, one thing. Uh-huh. And I'm standing next to this gorgeous woman <laughs> and somebody I saw when I, you know the 10 year old crush and you know never thought you're going to meet somebody and she's happy for me she's got her arm around me and I'm celebrating my two two mm-hmm. biggest things in my monster kid life right with somebody with her <laughs> I still can't believe that ever happened but it did I get the pictures to prove it she <laughs> she's pretty cool uh, I, I met her last year for the first time the last yeah, year she's awesome she's, she's a sweet. sweetheart 
she is so sweet. And yeah. I had that same experience uh, where you just kind of don't know what to say. Right. The first time I met Julie Adams here. Oh, yeah. She's a sweetheart, I too. Just, I must have lost like 20 pounds of just nervous sweat. Right. Just because I was <laughs> like, you know, what do you say? But I mean, she's so nice and welcoming yes, and makes you feel like earth. you're yeah, exactly. She, yeah. I had t- taken a picture of her with one of them, the Gilman statues from mm-hmm. um, Witch's Dungeon. And she autographed the picture for me, so that was nice of her. So, yeah, she's a, yeah, her, there, I have not met one person here that didn't appreciate, one, their being here, mm-hmm. and how much love they get from us fans. Yeah. And they say that, you know, when they're, when they're up on stage in their Q&As, they tell, they'll tell you that, you know, yep. this is the best thing they've ever done. Yeah. All right, well, so that was three cards. We okay, got the fourth sorry. one. That's okay. No, this is fun. This is what it is. It's a conversation okay. piece. Okay, okay. Malcolm, what is your favorite Abbott and Costello meet the monster movie? Uh, that's way too easy. Meet Frankenstein. That's what everybody says. <laughs> however, oh no. However, I have a fondness for the Killer Boys Karloff. That one's good too. That's the second one they did. Yeah, yeah. Title is Abbott and Costello meet the Killer Boys Karloff. Well, actually, that's not really the title. It's Meet the Killer. It's just Boris Karloff. It's his his star credit. Yeah. <laughs> Star, it doesn't say starring Boris Karloff. Right. But basically, it's just Boris Karloff's the star of this movie. Mm-hmm. So when I say that, I don't it's think it's right. It's quite it, right. No, yeah. it's, it's not right. It's Evans, they meet the killer. Right. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I kind of love that one. That one's good. I like Invisible Man. I, well, I like, I, that one's a good one, that too. That one's too. It's a, a boxing match is what that, does it for me. That started off as just a straight, another sequel. And they added Abbott into it later. That's good. But it was going to be a, a straight sequel to the, mm-hmm. another Invisible Man movie without Bud and Lou. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, final card. Okay. What is your favorite classic monster movie sequel? Uh, okay. <laughs> Dude, you're killing me here. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, let me think. I like Soto Dracula. Really? Yes, I think Chani is awesome in it. I think that movie is so underrated. I love Son of Dracula. It's the first film noir monster movie. It really does have that, doesn't it? If you think about it, because the woman, Uh she's sneaky and conniving. She's a femme fatale. Exactly. She's trying to take advantage of Dracula, which is a a whole unique thing, (laughs) and kills her father. Right. Right. And she's a classic noir mm-hmm. female villain. I love Evelyn Anchors on that, too. She is so good on that. It's a shame that she didn't play the other part. I know, but Cause still. Because she, she was good at playing evil. Yeah. If you ever saw the one Inner Sanctum movie, she's in. Right, uh, she Weird plays, Woman, right? Yes. Yeah, and which is another one of my favorites. And she plays a villain. She's, she was really good at playing yeah. evil. Yeah. And it's a shame she didn't get a chance to do that more. Yeah, so I, I agree. Think, I, okay, so Dracula, and I know it gets grief, too, is... um. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's despite that it was a last minute edit job, and a lot <laughs> of stuff that would have made sense was cut out of it. Mm-hmm. It's still a good movie. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Yeah, yeah. I love the opening of that movie, The Resurrection of. Oh Mars my Talbot. god, it's it's great. That is perfect. Some of the creepiest stuff Universal oh, was doing great. in the forties. I mean, 40s. it, it yeah. was yeah, brilliantly photographed and directed, and, and, and yeah, it's best opening. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was a classic five, man. How do you feel? Okay. Okay, there you go. You won. Oh, okay. <laughs> you win the game. Okay, what do I get? No. Uh, you get to spend all weekend here at oh, the Okay, match. that's good. <laughs> so you've got a table. Are you in the vendor's room or are you in... Um, vendor's room. Okay. Well, I'll make sure I come back by later yeah. today and you, I want to check yeah. out what you brought. I'm like, if you go to the main doors, just go straight back. I'm on the, the far end of the wall. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I won't be able to miss your artwork. I mean, it stands well, no, out. It's right there. There you go. 
<laughs> they can't see this, but you know, it's like, you know. Whatever. Yeah, this is great podcast. Yeah, we're talking about what t-shirts we're wearing. Yeah, okay. You know? There you go. <laughs> Malcolm, thank you so much for being part of Monster Kid Radio. Oh, no, thank you very much. I really, really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Second interview of The Bash. Dwight Kemper, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, sorry for waking you up last night. <laughs> I was going to say, second interview, but not the first time I've seen you. Uh, I, I saw you through bleary eyes last night. There's not coming. How'd you find out where I was? Well, the uh, front desk, I said, do you know where uh, Derek M. Cook is? And he, and he spells his name Koch. So look for <laughs> K-O-C-H, not C-O-O-K. And then they said what your room number was. So if you want to blame anyone, blame the front okay. desk people who, who did not inform me. By the way, he hasn't slept since he's flown here, so don't wake him up. So, no worries. No worries. Yeah. No, I'm sorry I wasn't able to just, man, I was out. I was done. Well, you were sort of zombie-like, which sort of fits what we're doing here today. That's true. That's true. I could use a lot more sleep, but I've been telling people this this whole Monster Bash, Monster Kid mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. it's keeping me going. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, Sunday last, night, I might be on fumes. But <laughs> yeah, Last night, you were more like a werewolf because your beard was all... <laughs> so. yeah, I tried to clean up a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, very little. But anyway. Hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> well, this is like the second time that I've actually looked at you face-to-face rather than looking at my cell phone to talk to you. <laughs> So you got in last night? Yes, I did. I got in last night. I drove here. So now I went to bed at eight o'clock and then I woke up at three. I couldn't get back to sleep. So I decided I was going to pack and get all my books and things together. And so I had like maybe six hours, seven hours sleep. And it really didn't hit me until I got here. But I'm all right now. Okay. Yep. So I'm here. I'm a dealer at Monster Bash. Come, not only am I selling my books and the uh, six CD or eight CD box set of uh, the audiobook Vampires 2 Mystery. I still owe you a review on that, by the way. Thank you. But I am also selling the original artwork that is printed in the Vampires 2 Mystery, including some artwork which didn't get printed. Ooh. And I'm selling them for the ridiculously low price of $50 each. I'll have to go check that out. Yes. And this is artwork that you did. This is, You're yes. the artist. I'm the artist. Yeah. Yes. I'm the guy. I'm the one who had the pencil and the pens. And went. Before we go on to uh, any more of this fun interview, I have, I have one serious moment. A very dear friend of both of us. Yes. Very dear friend of both of us, Brad Bradbury. I have, if you're out there listening to us, Brad, I read about your uh, post on Facebook yesterday that you had a stoke. Uh, because that's how you spelt it. But because you did have a stroke, I let that go. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad to hear that you're recovering. Keep up the good recovering and take care of yourself. And I hope that you get well soon and keep in touch. Definitely. Uh, if for no other reason than because I need as many fans of my books alive as possible. <laughs> and so so it's, it's a slightly selfish motive behind me. You, you liked my book, so keep it up. Stay alive. <laughs> No, uh, seriously, uh, from all of us here at Monster Kid Radio, uh, definitely. It's, it's, it's hard when one of your tribe is going through a medical thing, you know, just because just we, you know, we all want you to, we want as many of us around as possible. And I went through a medical thing. So. Yeah, right, right. You know, so you know how it is. And, and so definitely. So hang in there, Brad. You know, we're pulling for you. Yes. So, yes, indeed. That's right. So, you know, it wouldn't be an episode of Monster Kid Radio if we didn't play around with the Classic Five. 
Oh, good, because now I get to actually see what these things look like. That's right. So this this is what they look like. This is the wow, actual. Wow, you went all out, didn't you? I did, man. These are these are all for sale now. I, I actually have copies for sale. So this is my demo deck. Okay. So we're selling the core deck uh, as well as some expansions. There are actually some Monster Bash exclusive cards in here. Oh, neat. All right, cool. And here right. I thought that was just a sound effect, and you're just taking pieces of paper. Well, 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 well sometimes it is, uh, but no longer, no yeah, longer, no longer. You actually have the real, <laughs> real McCoy here. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to start with a Monster Bash exclusive card. Okay, Dwight, what has been your favorite Monster Bash purchase? Not counting the Classic Five deck, of course. Oh, okay, that would have to be a Godzilla model kit, which was a Mobius Models reissue of the original Aurora one. I haven't opened it yet. In fact, last year I, w I got uh, Godzilla, I got Sea uh, View, and I got a, a Catwoman, and I got a Batman okay. uh, thing. So none of which have been built yet. <laughs> and the reason for that is quite simple. I have to keep moving all the time. I'm now moved into a new apartment because the other place that I was living in was <laughs> becoming intolerable for one reason or another. So now I'm living in, in a nice big apartment and um, I'm trying to fit all of my Monster Kid stuff in it. I, I have four rooms that I've set off. One room is a model making room. And okay. There's another one is a library and I've discovered I need more bookshelves. I, so, I feel that pain. <laughs> yeah. Because I got boxes everywhere. I have two storage units. My my ex-wife <laughs> is letting me use space in her storage unit. So there's like boxes everywhere. I'm, there's must be at least three hundred boxes. And, oh, and I've already gone through like sixty of them and breaking them down. And originally I was going to keep them all because they're pretty expensive to buy. Right. But uh, then I thought. I, then I have to have a storage unit for boxes. This is stupid. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that had to... Um, but, yes, to get back to your original question, I, I, I do love the Godzilla. Right on. Mm. All right, card number two. Mm. Who else could have or should have played a mad scientist? Who else could have or should have played a mad scientist? Oh, Jonathan Harris. That would be amazing. Yeah, I w it would be amazing for him to just go that one step farther because in Lost in Space, he was practically Dr. Frankenstein with what he was doing with the robot. So, right. So all he has to do is just go one little teeny tiny step farther and then he would have been a marvelous uh, mad scientist. That would have been amazing. Yeah. That would have been amazing. <laughs> all right, you gallery school. <laughs> you pusillanimous pit squeak. I shall rule the world. I love it. I love it. It in, in some world somewhere, some alternate reality. I really hope that happened. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pull a card from our Hammer expansion deck. Okay. What is your favorite Barbara Shelley Hammer film? She was in the last Quatermass film. Quatermass in the Pit. Okay, the color one? Yeah. Okay. Well, and I'm going to go with that one. Okay. Because... <laughs> Okay, I'm going to pull one from the Universal expansion deck. Okay, I have a better chance with this one. <laughs> what was the most recent Universal monster movie you've watched? All right, I'm trying to think because I saw a bunch of them. The most recent would have to have been The Bride of Frankenstein. Because uh, I watched that one a lot. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Knowing you, I, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And as a matter of fact... I, I find it so comforting. I will sometimes put it on my TV because it's where I sleep, and, and I'll put it on and go to sleep, watching, <laughs> listening to The Bride of Frankenstein, lulling me off to sleep. 
<laughs> All right, I'm going to go with one more Monster Bash exclusive card. Okay. When was the first time you went to Monster Bash? Oh, that's a good question. You're asking a man who has trouble keeping track of his own timeline. Um, <laughs> it was while it was still in Mars, Pennsylvania, not this hotel. It was at the other hotel. Oh, okay, okay. And I think it was the Monster Bash that I was going to meet with Chris Costello to discuss the murder mystery cruise that I was going to do with Sarah Karloff that Chris Costello was arranging, because amongst other things, Chris Costello arranges tours and voyages and things. Mm -hmm. And that was when I also met Donnie Dunnigan and got along really well with him. I, in fact, I ate, I ate breakfast with Donnie Dunnigan. Oh, wow. And I actually performed for him my impression of Little Peter, and I will do, now do that for you, and I will preface this by saying he absolutely adored what I did, and I, and I go, <laughs> well, hello, Molly, may I come in? And, oh, he was a great big man with a hairy coat on, and he walked like this. <laughs> and I actually asked him, why did you say hello like that and he said that the sound man told him before the shot that he had to talk really loud so that they would pick him up on the microphone so that's why he said all his lines like that <laughs> so. I, i've i've heard you do the and he walked like this mm. uh, on the show before yep in person <laughs> well yeah you get to see the gesture in the face and it was awesome yeah. <laughs> if there was a camera i could look into it as it's passing by me in the train <laughs> frankenstein, yeah. frankenstein. frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> uh, say why don't we go with the classic six and ten? You, you want another one yeah just for fun what two giant universal monsters would you like to see fight it out in a new movie Ooh, giant ones uh that would be in the 50s well, one of them would be Tarantula. I'm trying to remember if the Amazing... I don't think the Amazing Colossus... No, he's not going to No, he wasn't, no. He didn't have a lot of giant... Oh, the... Oh, um... Was them a Universal? No, it was not. No. I only think Universal had... Well, there's Tarantula, Deadly Mantis, um... I wrote the card, now I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I'm going to go with Tarantula and Deadly Mantis, but, you know, they would be bitter enemies. And, yeah. And really, if you wanted to get rid of the Deadly Mantis, you would just have to find the uh, female Deadly Mantis to mate with him. say, hope it's the male, and right, then, yeah. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and then it would just eat his head off, and then you would only, well, then you still have the female mantis to deal with. Well, that's true. You get rid of one problem and get another one. Right, I know. That's the way things go, and, you know, yeah. Mother, Na Mother Nature gone mad. Yeah, it's amazing. A lot of the giant monster movies were not made by Universal, and I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the timeline on it. Did Universal jump on somebody else's bandwagon, or did they jump on Universal's bandwagon? Well, them came out in '54. Mm -hmm. Tarantula did not. Tarantula was '55, I think. Yeah, so I guess I guess this. Now, here's an interesting thing about Tarantula. Okay. Okay. Leo G. Carroll is in Tarantula. Love him in Tarantula. He tried to pick up my mother on a bus when she was a young woman. Uh, <laughs> I think you've told me this in, before. <laughs> in New York. And I'm trying to picture Leo G. Carroll saddling up next to my mother and going, well, hi there, young lady. What would you like to do tonight? <laughs> I would like to show, you, take you to my room and show you my various animals in cages. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's awesome. 
But anyway, what else would you like to? You know, I've been wanting to talk to you about the evil of Frankenstein. Did you want to do that? We need to talk about that at some point. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I have you on tentatively in my schedule. We need to make that happen. Uh, Because you you have, is that when you saw the theater too when you were growing up? Yes. Okay. And I'll tell you uh, one thing about that was that I uh, missed watching Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea so that I could see the evil of Frankenstein. Oh, priorities, man. That's right. Was that the first Frankenstein you had seen, the Hammer Frankenstein you had seen? It was the first Hammer I saw in the movies. There is something about the evil of Frankenstein I have to tell you. I don't know if I told you this already, but watching the evil of Frankenstein with an audience is entirely different than watching it at home. Because you know the scene where the monster or the creature, whatever you want to call it, uh, comes in and bashes in the head of the Burgomeister mm-hmm. and just keeps bumping his head against the wall. Yeah. The crowd erupted with cheers. <laughs> Yay! You're killing him! <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> also, uh, seeing the incision that Peter Cushing makes into the chest of the guy in the beginning of the picture mm-hmm. projected on a huge screen. <laughs> Is quite memorable, and I, and I loved every minute of it. That would I would imagine so, and I think I've said this before that I'm jealous of people like you or Steve Sullivan or, or some of the other people who had a chance to see these theatrically during like an original or maybe like the first re-release because I, I don't have that experience. You know, I, I watch them at home, and it's great, and I'm glad I have nice Blu-rays of a lot of them. But man. To see him like that? Oh. Well, I, I may have already said this once before, but I was actually invited to a house to see Forbidden Planet on the big screen. Because he, oh. he had his own... Uh, before the Forbidden Planet, he ran a, a, a clip reel of mm-hmm. Ray Harryhausen. Oh. And you know how they look kind of fake on television? Yeah, there's something about how they don't translate very well sometimes. On the big screen, they look real. <laughs> you don't see the outline of yeah. the... Of, even in Fantastic Voyage, where in the, in the even in the Blu-ray you can see that weird sort of blue screen outline, right? They kind of mask things out. Right. Yeah, you you don't see. I saw Fantastic Voyage in the movies, and you did not see that. It was just this, you know, panoramic thing. And when you saw it on the big widescreen picture, when you were looking out the windows of the Proteus, you were literally looking out into the bloodstream. So it, it was an entirely different movie. Sure. And because it was that big, and you saw all these scenes and the way that the scenes were shot inside the submarine, you felt like you were inside the submarine. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really, uh, it, was, it was quite a, uh, an immersive experience, which you just really don't get on a, on a TV screen. Well. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that I've got all these movies at home, but man, to be able to see them like that. God, insanely jealous. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to the to the weekend, and I hope you move lots of books. Uh, you, you've got all three of them, I assume. Yes. Okay. I, I have all three of them. Plus, I have the audio. The audiobook. And remember, you can also obtain the audiobook off of Audible.com. So it's also available there too. Um, so anyway, do you have um, any any readings for signings coming up or anything like that? No, but I, next week I'm flying to Chicago to be in a superhero movie where I am the superhero. And it's called The Adventures of Jim Powers. It's being produced by Dre Boyd. And he's also directing and he also wrote the script, which, by the way, I shall be studying at my table so that I will be <laughs> ready for next week. 
and uh, I play Jim Powers, a 60-year-old superhero who uh, has to battle a bevy of villains, and it's, uh, it's going to be a short subject of like 20 minutes, and so there's going to be three days of shooting, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm really excited about it because not only are they flying me out, and not only are they going to pay my expenses, but they're also paying me money to do it. Hey. So, uh, which is good because I'm taking time off from work to, <laughs> to do this. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So, Dre, I've given you a plug. <laughs> He's a lovely chap. In fact, I'd have to ask him, but I'm almost certain he was inspired because he wrote it for me. So I'm assuming he was inspired because of all the gym pictures that I show of me <laughs> in my superhero outfits after a workout and going, mm, mm. So, yes, so The Adventures of Jim Powers. Now, I also have to give credit to Family and Children's Society. They encouraged me to go to the audition for this thing. And I said, you do realize that it's going to be at least two weeks shooting where you will not have me to do anything. And my uh, scheduler, Penny, said that she would do whatever they had to do to see to it that I could do it because they wanted me to do it. So... So there you go. Right on. Yep. I got a lot of very supportive people in Family and Children's Society who takes care of the elderly and the infirmed and housebound people are a very good company to work for. Anyway, uh, yeah, sort of straight a little bit for monsters. So, yeah, you want to ask me any other monstery questions? I think we're good, man. Okay. Um, but we will probably connect more than once throughout the weekend. All right. For sure. It was, it was a pleasure, and I promise never to wake you up again. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you are laying on the ground, I'm going to say he probably fell there. He needs a nap. <laughs> I'll just go past, and I'll leave him alone, and I will come back later. Okay. And if he's still like that, I'll leave again. <laughs> so... <laughs> recording like crazy here at Monster Bash. I got Ken Blows here. Ken, how's it going? Great. I'm doing great. I'm loving it. Now, we had Ken on the show. He's only been on the show proper once, but it made such an impact that he went out and bought the sweatshirt with the logo from it. And Derek was kind enough to have that specially made, sent out, and... uh, (laughs) And so if you guys want to show your support for Santo versus the Martian invasion, go out and get one of these T-shirts, sweatshirts <laughs> from Monster Kid Radio. So it'll be worth his while. Right. Man. But I got my Monster Kid shirt on here at Monster Bash. I love it, man. It looks really good. I haven't seen a sweatshirt, actually, of them all. So that, that's good. I've got the T-shirts, but that's awesome. I come from the desert. So when I come in, in this air-conditioned Pittsburgh <laughs> place, and I'm... A little bit cold, so I thought I'm going to get a sweatshirt so I can be wearing this all day, all week long. You see, and I'm thinking I'm going to have to change into shorts later because I'm, you know, it's so warm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you've been doing the bash quite a while. You came in today, or did you get here last night? Uh, I came in last night, okay. and um, I snuck in and just to see if anything was going on, and and went to bed, and then got up early and been here hanging out with people more than bashing really because. That's what it's all about, it getting really together is. with people. We were talking about that earlier. The movies are great. And the celebrities, I can't wait to see some of them. But it, it's meeting up. I was really hoping I'd run into you. You know, we had Dwight on the show earlier. And, of course, Scott and Tracy and Steve and his son. Just, you know, that's what it is. It's just like a big meetup for us. Right. And, and the, the guests get to tag along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and I think what Monster Bash and now Monster Kid Radio, or the B-Movie Cast and other podcasts have been mm-hmm. is just a way of for friends to get together from all over the place. Being a monster kid for many years was kind of lonely, especially if you didn't have... I had friends in elementary school, but when I moved and was in junior high, I had nobody. But after the internet came out and I started to realize I'm not alone, 
it's been great. And now with Monster Kid Radio, I can be bashing. <laughs> you know, I went to the Monster Bash and just loved it. And it's like, but th- I'd be crying at the end because it's the end. Yeah. But things like podcasts like Monster Kid Radio really help for it to continue on and to realize I'm not alone. There's people out there that like the same stuff and like to talk about it. And I love listening to it. So well, I appreciate that, man. It really because. And I've said this before, and I think I said it in a previous recording from the bash just not too long ago that that things like podcasting are what brought me some of my dearest friends uh, all around the world, uh, people that I am close with, even if I've never really spent time with them physically. And then something like the bash happens, and I get to spend time with them physically, and it's even better. So thank you for your kind words, man. That's what I try to do, you know. And the B Movie Cast does it too, and, and just it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really uh, times, and I'm sure I'm not alone. In this either, there's times in our lives when we we do feel like we're alone. There's not that many people. Um, I have a beautiful family and everything, but they're just not into it. Mm-hmm. And that's, and, but it's okay because I have you every week <laughs> <laughs> in my ears, you know, and all your guests, and and I have this uh, monster bash to look forward to every year, and um, so it it's really cool. And and the, and the good thing is, my family says, "Go ahead, we don't mind that you yeah. do that." I don't, you know, I don't want to watch those movies, but you go ahead with your friends and that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brenda's the same way. She's, uh, she's not really into them the way I am. Well, okay. She's, there's nobody into them the way I am, but she's not into them the way I am. And, uh, but that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. again, she totally supports it, supports me. She comes on MKR now, which has been a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's great to have this group of people to kind of hang out with. And And she is a great addition. I really like it when you guys are bantering and having fun talking and it makes, it just, again, brings that family atmosphere. It's not Mm -hmm. just a bunch of people talking about stuff they like. It's a family that we're developing, a community, and it's really cool. Oh, thanks, man. I'll pass that on to her Mm because she doesn't listen to the show, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's her loss. (laughs) (laughs) So I got a deck. I got the classic five. This is actually uh, the official deck now. It's been printed up. Looks all like a real card game. You want to play around? Yes, and they are beautiful. You better offer these online, brother, because oh yeah, they'll go. I'll they make sure they're. they're I'll make sure nice. they're available. <laughs> I'll make sure. All right. So uh, we have got the core deck in here, as well as the universal hammer and monster batch exclusive expansion decks. Starting with the first one, which is a hammer card. Uh oh. Uh oh. The good, face he made. Okay. So, what do you prefer, black and white hammer films or color hammer films? Oh, definitely color. Yeah? Uh, I don't know if I could even name that many black and white ones, the Quatermus ones and things, but I grew up on the horror Dracula, Curse of Frankenstein, uh, Curse of the Werewolf, and uh, and the colors are just so livid and and bright and, and at the same time scary. So, yeah, color. And then my favorite Hammer film, One Million Years B.C., Ray Harryhausen. Really? Yeah. And, yeah. And the colors in that, also beautiful. The Canary Islands and the sets that they had, everything, the, even the dinosaurs. The, well, Raquel Welch isn't, you know. Yeah. You uh, know. And black and white, no. <laughs> the, the black and white Hammer films that I remember seeing are some of their, like, the snorkel and some of their non-horror mm-hmm. ones. And, um, you know, some, some of the Quatermass and stuff. And it's like, they're okay. Mm-hmm. But when they got that color... That's, they really embraced it and, yeah. and used it. And they, and they knew how on a low budget to make it look good. Yeah, this so, is true. This is true. Very good. All right, card number two. And actually, I did this one with Dwight earlier, so I want to hear your response. It's from the Universal expansion. What was the most recent Universal monster movie you've watched? Wow. That's a good question. 
to ask a 53-year-old guy who's, I think, already in Alzheimer's. Oh, no. <laughs> My last Universal monster movie to have watched. Um, I'm going to say The Invisible Man. Ooh. It's the one that I remember. And... And I and I actually selected that one for my daughter and I to watch together, because I, you know, I I love all Frankenstein is was my foundation, and the House of Frankenstein and and, and Son of Frankenstein were the first movies that I remember watching as a kid. Mm-hmm. But the Invisible Man to me today is just is the one I find the most enjoyable to rewatch. Hmm. That I that I really like that, and I wanted to see that with my daughter, see her reaction to it, yeah. and she liked it too, and um, and I know I'm not uh, in the majority here, but I really like you know Connor man. <laughs> I think she's great in that movie. You know, I'm, I am slowly warming up to her. Mm. It, it's uh, she for years. She was the most jarring part of both Bride of Frankenstein and The Invisible Man, but mm. I'm warming up to her now, and. Mm. You know, I think that's the power of these movies. Yes, and I think when you see her, in her I saw her just recently. I think it was in uh, Witness for the Prosecution. I think she was in, and she was pretty. Just had a straight up role, and so she is doing comedy in those movies. Mm-hmm. And I think the comic relief is good, and I and I enjoy that in the movie, and I appreciate the over the top histrionics. Yeah. I think partially too is. Uh, Having lived so many years in Mexico, that's what Mexican cinema is all about, over the top. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think she brings that into those two movies and any other movie where she takes that role. Yeah. Um, so I really like her in that. And and Claude Rains' voice. Oh, man. I mean, I mean you don't see his face much at all, but his voice uh, makes that movie as well. Just yeah. And then that one, the, uh, the scene I remember the most, and it's... For me, one of the most iconic scenes in all cinema is when he's, you know, singing, you know, here we go around the mulberry bush yeah. and chase it. And it's like he's gone totally nuts. And well, that, that was just the coolest scene. And I think that's why Uno O'Connor is warming up to me, especially in that movie, mm-hmm. because she's not the only one who's over the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, Claude Rains is way, and it's just his voice, but you can still imagine just he's way over the, and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Invisible Man is such a good movie. Now I want to go back and watch it. Yep. It's been a while. Do it. You <laughs> might you might change your ratings. <laughs> oh, well, okay, let's not get crazy. All right, card number three. What character from a classic monster movie would you like to have a drink or a meal with? A character from a classic monster movie would like to have a drink or a meal with. Character. You know what? This is going to maybe sound crazy because we just talked about it, but I looked at that card while I was sitting here. Um, and I said, I thought to myself, the Invisible Man. You know why? Because we could sit there and plot to take over the entire world, <laughs> or at least a way to break the bank at Las Vegas and I be millionaires. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I think it'd be cool to talk, uh, to be with the Invisible Man, uh, try to get into his head a little bit, uh, be his friend, and see if I can get a percentage of whatever he could get <laughs> being invisible. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, card number four. It's also a universal card, and I love that this one came up. What's your favorite follow-up to The Invisible Man? Favorite follow-up to The Invisible Man. I'm not overly familiar with them. Uh, is it Invisible Man Returns where Vincent Price yes. voiced it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would probably have to be my favorite of those, though I think I've only seen them once in a long time ago. So, okay. Uh, but I'm not a big... big. Uh, no, I don't have a lot of knowledge or re- remembrance of those, but... Uh, 
I know that I, if Vincent Price was in it, I'd like it. Uh, Invisible Man Returns is his. Mm-hmm. Um, Invisible Woman is more comedy. Mm-hmm. It's not really very horrific. Uh, Invisible Agent, though, is really good. I'd really recommend that one. Yeah, I think I'll need to check that one out. I don't think I've seen that one. All right. And this comes from the Monster Bash exclusive deck. Vincent Price or Boris Karloff? That is a tough one. Um, off the top of my head, I'm going to say Vincent Price. Okay. Uh, but they're almost on that equal plane. But there, but there's some Vincent Price films like the Dr. Fives and Theater of Blood that have a really strong place in my nostalgia and my memory as a, as a kid watching those in the movie theater. And um, that voice, you know. Yeah. And then I've really grown to appreciate his other films as I'm into film noir. And he's done several film noirs. And, um, and I appreciate his other roles. Karloff is also part of my life and his Frankenstein and his character's Black Cat. Oh, um, man. Black Cat's so good. So it, that is a tough one. But I'm going to say right now, Vincent Price. And also, I had a recent meeting with Victoria Price. We're going to see her this week as well. So, Have you had a chance to meet Victoria Price before? Yes. In fact, uh, I went to the uh, Film Noir Festival in Palm Springs, California, last month. And she was there uh, presenting The Web with Vincent Price. Oh, nice. And she, uh, she was talking about her new book that she wrote and, um, and about her impressions. That was like the first time she saw that movie. At that, so it was kind of oh, neat. Oh, wow. And I, I, I met her briefly and got a book and got her to sign a book and all that. And looking forward to seeing her presentation here at Monster Bash as Me well. Me too. Me too. Really looking forward to it. One of the people I wanted to make sure I chatted with here at Monster Bash was Tom Weaver, a man whose books adorn my bookshelf and I spend way too much money on, but don't tell him that. How are you doing, Tom? <laughs> I'm doing great and... If you really love my books, the place for them is in the bathroom, not the bookcase. Hey, now, hey, now. <laughs> no, I love what you do, and I'm a big fan of the Scripts from the Crypt series, which keeps plugging along. The newest one is about the atomic submarine? That is correct. I don't even know anything about that film, so it sounds like i got to get the book. Uh, and then soon you'll know everything <laughs> about it. When I was, I don't know how old I was when it came out, but in the 70s sometime, a little book came out on uh, Mystery of the Wax Museum. Oh, nice. And uh, in it retyped was the script, and also a long and very well-researched, I thought, making-of article, mm-hmm. chapter. And I thought, I've had that for a long time. And then years ago, I thought to myself, why don't I steal, you know, I'm sure a lot of other books just like it have also been published. And it occurred to me a few years ago, why don't I steal that idea and start <laughs> doing a series? And I came up with the title, Scripts from the Crypt, which I kind of like <laughs> and I said why don't I start doing I can you know you can't do you know you, uh, you're a creature from the Black Lagoon because you know Universal would come after you but there are tons of PD movies and there are lots of movies where I know the guy who owns the rights I can think of dozens of movies that I could do if I could get my hands on the script so I started with The Hideous Sun Demon which I loved by the way I loved that book and I love that movie and I was really happy also I had two scripts for that one that's nothing like the movie and then one that's more like the movie. So it's an incredibly, really, really fat, and then lots of making of articles and other stuff. And, the, and Bear Manor gave it a real cheap price, 25 bucks. And I thought to myself, well, that's really cool and, and a good start. And my second was Indestructible Man, which again, I was able to do, I think, a good job with. I even found a real life incident 
that may have inspired the movie, mm-hmm. and I gave that a chapter. And then Bride of the Gorilla, and in association with Gary Rhodes' books on Bride of the Monster, and uh, he even branched out brilliantly into uh, Ed Wood scripts that never became movies. Which was a phenomenal read. I just, the, the what if possibilities there. Yes. Oh, that's, that's one of my favorites so far. It, it had nothing to do with me. I've got a chapter <laughs> in there, but it was his scripts, his movies, his, his um, idea, his everything. Um, that's, like I said, that's one of my favorites. And now we've done uh, Atomic Submarine, which, you know what, I'm, I'm not sure there are enough Atomic Submarine fans out there that have made too, too many people happy with that one. But a, a guy who was a terribly nice guy was its producer, Alex Gordon. Mm-hmm. And the book is as much a tribute to him as it is about the Atomic Submarine. Yeah. So I enjoyed doing that. And the next one is... Uh, no, I'm going to keep the next one secret for oh, a Oh, man, don't tease me. I'm... I, 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 <laughs> I don't want anybody to steal the idea. Okay, okay, because fair enough. Because with me, sometimes these things take longer than they should. Fair, fair enough, fair mm-hmm. enough. How hard is it to find the material when it comes to something like Hideous Sun Demon or, or uh, Indestructible Man to research and write the book about? Well, I've done so many um, interviews over the years mm-hmm. that for each movie, I've already got one, two, three, four, maybe a half dozen uh, interviews with people who are now mostly dead, telling what happened behind the scenes, and then I can you know knock myself out with research and find out a lot more about it and blend it all together, and it comes out pretty good. What I like about it is, like you said, you know you can do creature, but Universal, you know whatever, and, mm-hmm. and truthfully, people have done creature, Dracula, mm-hmm. Frankenstein, all these movies. Yeah. So what I like about the scripts from the crypt is. Who would have thought Hideous Sunday when we get that kind of attention? I mean, the only thing that would be better than that is a Blu-ray remaster of that. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Well, Wade Williams, Wade Williams is threatening to um, retransfer a lot of his movies and oh, put them out on Blu-ray. So we'll, we may see some of these things you in know, the future. If, if that happens, because he's friends with Susan Hart, mm-hmm. fingers crossed, Teenage Werewolf, Teenage Frankenstein, please make. Oh, it that happen. would be nice. Oh man, that would be nice. But Wade will come. Wade will come through. He's been releasing these things in different formats since. Since he was putting it out in eight millimeter in the seventies, yep. he, he doesn't let any any dust collect on his on the <laughs> titles he uh, controls. Right, right, and I just imagine you've got this office filled with notes from various interviews and such because so many books over the years. Mm, yeah, uh, I see them all the time, uh, like in the creepy classics area. Mm. Uh, my local library has a handful of them. I mean, oh, I see them all over the place. Just interviews with these luminaries, mm. people who were involved in these films. What was the hardest interview that you got your hands on? Before we go on, you have to say local library. Yeah. I, went in, I went into my local library a few years ago to, oh, I was researching an actor. or I was researching somebody who was so well-known that I thought mm-hmm. to myself, maybe I don't have to go to the New York Public Library in Manhattan. Maybe I can just get away with, with going to my local library. And I go in and... As I'm going through their movie books, they had one of my books. And nice. I have, and my very first book. Oh, wow. And I couldn't have been happier because, you know, they, they, their purchase of it had nothing to do with me. And it obviously, you know, it, my first book was 88, so it had been there 20, 25 years. I pulled it off the shelf and I opened it up to see how many people had taken it out. And I heard the tiniest little pop. Oh. And I got a face full of new book smell. Oh, no. <laughs> No, <laughs> since the day it went on the shelves in 1988, it oh, had not no. been touched by anyone. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and I, I wept a little. Oh man! <laughs> I put it back on the shelf. Oh, boy. Um, my my hardest to get interview. Yeah. Mm, you know that they they generally aren't hard to get. The people the the people tend to be a little um be more than a little sometimes enthusiastic about it because I write about people who've never been written about before and think they'll never going to be written about. Mm-hmm. So none, none of my interviews 
no, nothing jumps into my mind well, that uh, was particularly hard to get. That's good. That's good. Of the uh, scripts from the Crypt series, if listeners aren't familiar with them, which one would you recommend as like an entry point to, to get into what you do with these things? I think Hideous Sun Demon. Yeah. For one thing, it's like the size of a phone book, and it's only twenty five bucks, so <laughs> so it's a bargain, and it does have a lot of information and a lot of pictures you've never seen any from the movie, including pictures of the Sun Demon yeah. that you've never seen anywhere else. So that I think that would be a if I had to, if I had to give one out to. Uh, to whet somebody's interest, that would be the one. I've been obsessed with that movie lately, so yeah, yeah I would, I would agree because it's it's a solid book, and I love the films. So, mm-hmm. so I, I love that stuff. It's a sad, it's almost a sad commentary on how deep I've gotten into this stuff. The thing is, the size of a phone book, and I was as I was putting the finishing touches on it, I realized, you know, I've got a lot more information that I have that I didn't use. <laughs> that I didn't use. <laughs> so at the end, there's a note of other books of mine where you can look up. Hey, Even a lot more about go. the hideous sun demon. And I'm, that's the point at which you shake your head and you realize, boy, I'm, am I really overdoing it or what? <laughs> no, we don't think so. But, right. but we're obsessive about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? And you've got so much material and knowledge. You run the, the quiz that happens here. Here at Monster Bash, yeah. Yeah, the infamous quiz that, man. Uh, now, you weren't here last year, but the, the one year that I came here and you did it before... I lasted maybe three or four questions in in the audience, yeah. just playing along, and it's like I'm I'm done, I'm tapping mm-hmm. out. Man, uh, that that quiz has a reputation as being so difficult, but I got to tell you, it is so entertaining just to kind of watch and play along at home mm-hmm. or in the crowds anyway. And uh, man, just the, the rattling off of what you do. How long does it take you to put those questions together? Well, sometimes I just get an idea for a question. It's fun when I think of a question that could be you know name them. Oh, I can't think of a good example. Well, don't, don't give any away. The no, no, no. Tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow. But uh, often when I watch a movie mm-hmm. or even read a novel, I recently read the novel Phantom of the Opera. I've had it all my life. I started it as a kid. It was dull. I gave up. I tried it again as a teenager. Yeah. I got a little further. It was stunk. I gave up. <laughs> I am now reading with the attitude of it's going to stink, but I'm going to get to the end. I am now reading a lot of the old classics, yeah. Frankenstein, Phantom. And you know what? They're actually pretty good. Good. Once you, once you don't have a childlike idea of what it, what it ought to be, right? And you, with a little patience, you can get through. And the lodger, the lodger, is a darn, darn good suspenseful book. Oh, okay. So that was a surprise to me. So I'm, I'm forcing myself to read these things, and it's almost always um, a positive experience. So whenever I watch a movie, now that it's fresh in my mind, let me write some quiz questions on this movie. I read a novel. One of the old novels. Now that it's fresh in my mind, let me uh, make some questions up for the next quiz. So it's just whenever I feel like it. And then, of course, at the end of the you know at the end of a year with Monster Bash looming a week away, and I look and I go, oh, I don't have I don't have nearly enough questions. Then I sit down <laughs> and there's a long session of making up many 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 questions. But they're mostly multiple choice. So, um, so even yeah. if you don't know a lot. You can be lucky and win the quiz. There you go. There you and go. also, if I like you, <laughs> like if it's some some poor girl who's gotten dragged out of the audience, just uh, or some, or a little kid or something. Yeah. With my tone of voice, or something, I will give an indication which is the right answer, or or I'll point to the three answers on the paper, and the audience can't see what I'm doing. I'll point to the three possible answers on the paper, and I'll tap 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 on the right <laughs> one, just to give somebody who's not going to get any of them right. At least one right. There you go. Give them a chance. Mm-hmm. 
So you do the quiz, you do questions. Well, I've got questions of my own. Good. On All my right. podcast, we have a game that we play called the Classic Five. It's kind of like an icebreaker, a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. I've got all these cards here, and each one of these cards has a this or that, what movie do you like better kind of question. All right. I'd like to play the Classic Five with you, Tom. All right. What do you think? I'm a little, <laughs> a little no trepidation. No wrong the... answers. No right. wrong answers. Okay, card number one right off the top. Which movie do you prefer? I didn't cut the cards. Do you want to cut the cards? Uh, no. Okay. All right. I'll, I'm going to assume this is on the level. Okay. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> Card number one. What movie do you prefer? I was a teenage werewolf or I was a teenage Frankenstein? Oh, my God. I was a teenage werewolf by a mile. Yeah? Such a well-made movie. Uh, uh, such a great score. Oh, um, yeah. Um, teenage Frankenstein. Two-thirds of the movie is just people arguing in a basement. I, <laughs> I have, yeah, but one I, of those I, people is Whit Bissell, so that's okay, though. Yeah, right? but he's in Teenage Frankenstein, too. That's I don't have to give up Whit Bissell to choose Teenage Werewolf. Okay. No, uh, Teenage, teenage the Frankenstein other way. Yeah, is... Swap that. Yeah. Yes, Teenage Frankenstein is down, down in the cellar in my uh, estimation. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, card number two. Now, this has got a globe on the back, which means it's a universal-specific question. Okay. Who never appeared in a universal monster film, but you wish they had? Oh, my goodness. Um, ah, that is a brilliant question. You know what? From the sound era, yeah. when you say universal horror film, I think of 31 to 45. Right, right. Conrad Veidt. Now, he was in The Man Who Laughs right, but, in the silent days, oh, but he was, wow. never in a, he was never in a sound one. So oh I would have liked God. to have seen Conrad Veidt in a universal or something heard, or other. Or heard him in one, Yes, at least. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that would have been good. And I also have, I also have a, a fondness... Much as I love Karloff and Lugosi, I have a fondness for the movies in which they don't appear. Like okay. Werewolf of London with Henry Hull. Yeah. I like, oh, if this had been Karloff or Lugosi, I don't know if I would like it as much. Because, you know, they, they each did 100 monster movies. I've right. had my fill of them as the star of monster movies. I'm grateful for every one that stars a Henry Hull or a Nils Astor instead right. of who Ch- you'd expect. Change it up a little bit. Yep, you know? exactly. There we go. All right, card number three. It's another universal card. If you could have been on set during the production of a classic Universal monster movie, which one would it be? Sad to say I've actually thought about that. Yeah? And it would be Frankenstein. Oh, wow. Just because I love that movie. Uh-huh. And I think, um, I think I'd be able to bring back to the modern world more stories, more interesting stories than if I had been on the go. set of Dracula or, or, or a lot of the others. Call it research for a book and yep. use it as a tax write-off. You Absolutely. Know, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> time, machine, time machines don't come cheap. <laughs> All right. Card number four. What is your favorite John Agar monster movie? Mm. Again by a mile, Tarantula. Above Revenge of the Creature. Above Revenge of the Creature, wow. yes. I don't know if we can be friends, Tom. Oh, no. <laughs> really? Really? I love Revenge of the Creature, but mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a creature diehard. So. Yeah. But Tarantula is awesome. I'll it is. That, so. Very, I think if you see it under the right conditions... It, can, it would be even effective today. You can, this is a movie you could show to kids today yes. who don't look at black and white, who don't look at uh, anything old. If it's not you know, if it's not made in the last four weeks, they don't want to hear about it. Yeah. I think you could even show that to, to kids today. I think so, too. I think Under the right conditions. You know, good print. You know, it's dark outside. Da, da, da. Yeah. I think they would get a kick out of it. So, Tarantula. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, he, he might also give his best performance in Tarantula. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like I said, there's no wrong answers. So, All right. You know. All right. All right, final card. What two 1930s monster movies would make a great double feature? I have never done it, but one day I want to run Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein back to back because it is one story. That's the, true. The, the, um, uh, the second one starts, well, except for the Mary Shelley prologue, the mm-hmm. second one starts with the last scene of the first one. That's and true. they never did that again. 
Well, yes, they did. They did it with Dracula and Dracula's daughter. But not the same. It wasn't nearly as effective. It wasn't nearly as yeah. effective. That's correct. It was like the action continued. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's taken back. The body of Henry is taken to the castle, and it turns out he's alive. And the monster kills some a new victim right away in the first two minutes of the movie. And uh, it's a continuation in the beginning. is as exciting as the end of the first one was. That's true. That's true. Tom's still talking. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> That, that was, was Ron uh, Adams from. Oh, is that yeah. who that was? Yeah, oh, yeah. I think oh, that's. I think that's him. who. It was. But he runs around here so fast; it's hard to really. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, we make him the Road out. Runner. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's like the Flash. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think a few years ago, Fathom Events and TCM teamed up and did Frankenstein. I'm sorry, who and who? Uh, Fathom Events and mm-hmm. then Turner Classic Movies yes. did a, a, a special screening of Bride and the original Frankenstein, mm-hmm. back back, and it was amazing to see back to back. Right. So, hey, I, I'm right there with you. That, mm-hmm. That'd be a, a good run. Mm-hmm. Good run. Well, that was a classic five, Tom. How do you feel? You survived. I think I did okay. You did okay. Mm-hmm. You did okay. What's so, the prize? The prize is you get to tell me about your book. Which one? Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's got the tarantula's shadow on the cover. Oh, Universal Terrors. Yes. yes. I started that back in the right. 90s, and I told McFarland that I could be done by 1997. And they gave me a contract that said 1997. And, uh, oh, I diddled and I dallied and... I did more interviews, and I thought of more different ways that I could write about these movies. And again, and occasionally I would set it, I just set the darn thing aside for six months or a year, and mm-hmm. it turned out to take 20 years to do it with the help of um, David Schechter, mm-hmm. you may have heard of that rascal, who <laughs> wrote about the music of each movie, and Dr. Robert J. Kiss, who wrote about the distribution of each movie, and they both contribute, I meant to say this a minute ago, they both contribute also to pretty much every script from the mm-hmm. Crypt book, mm-hmm. and when we got off that subject without me mentioning them a minute ago, I felt bad. So they are also key contributors to the Universal Terrors, and you know what, I'm glad. And I look at it, I know how ridiculously long it took, but as I look at it, you know, I shouldn't sit here and praise my own something I helped make myself. But as I look at it, and I know all the stuff that wouldn't be in it if I had finished it in 1997, I'm really happy that I didn't. I'm a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said earlier at the beginning of this, I'm a big fan of your work. Obviously, I've got you on my bookshelves, and, and you know, I was really looking forward to running into you again this year at Monster Bash. I do think it's probably my favorite book so far that you've done. And I know oh it's goodness. easy to say because it's the most recent. But mm-hmm. you know, it's also just packed with so much. And... Uh, because I'm a film score fanatic, mm-hmm. having David Schechter's information in there and all the other script from the Crips books are just, it, it speaks to me on a, a level that, that is amazing. And I'm just a huge fan of that book, man. Well, it is thank so you. This, good. This makes up for the fact that uh, somebody who's going to review it, a friend of mine, but even though they're a friend, they're going to review it and they're going to give it an honest review. And she said to me the other day, is every movie a day by day story of what happened on the set she goes because it's kind of tedious <laughs> so i'm glad to hear somebody say that See, they dug the whole thing if, if i had somebody i don't want to have somebody in my life that's like we're not friends oh, man. I, 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 I like honest people no sometimes but see i mm-hmm. like that though because mm-hmm. we're not there we yep. can't like the, i'm like that card we mm-hmm. can't go back in time and have that so right. have the production notes and, and the day by day and what was going on mm-hmm. that to me makes me enjoy it even more but then Great. i'm also in it so i'm my nerddom runs deep here man. <laughs> Good. so you, you I'm, I'm your audience and i want to thank you for what you do man yeah and like as we discussed before you turned on the recorder 
Universal Terror is 1956 through 1960, ending with The Leech Woman. Should be out in about 20 years. Awesome. Excellent. Awesome. Glad to hear you'll be, you'll be there waiting for I it. I will be. I will be. It'll be worth we'll the wait, I'm sure. Dead. Well, <laughs> well, you won't. I, I hope not. Mm-hmm. These two won't, but uh, pretty much the rest of us, I think. <laughs> Tom, thanks for doing this, man. Thank you very, very much. So one of the things I was looking forward to the most here at Monster Bash is... Uh, seeing how Dominique Lamsey's experience is with Monster Bash because she's heard me gab about it when we meet up in person or on the podcast or whatever uh, she came out here from the Pacific Northwest as well from Portland she's here now after a harrowing night in the Baltimore airport um, <laughs> the horrors of Baltimore <laughs> no offense to anybody listening in Baltimore no no <laughs> What do you think of the bash so far? I'm loving it. Yeah. I think it's awesome, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. This is our people, right? Exactly. This is awesome. Now, it's only Friday. It's going to be a lot busier tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping to get some more traffic. Oh, how many cat toys? Have you sold a bunch? Uh, that's all that's left. That's amazing. So, Dominique has brought a couple of her tinglers that are left here on the table. Uh, those are selling for $20. But she has Monster Bash exclusives, part of the Wednesday special, which is... I had no idea she was doing this. It's amazing. Mini Tingler's stuffed with catnip. And when I left earlier, which is about an hour and a half ago, there were a bunch at the table. There are, what, is that two left? Yeah. Good on you. Well, it's actually more good on Tracy because she was here most of the time while I was in the dealer room when they sold. But, uh. <laughs> they, they sold themselves. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, now you've got some money to spend in the vendor's room. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Have you been good so far? Um, one more time. Have you been good so far? Oh, yeah. No, you didn't buy anything yet? I I went to Victoria Price, and I bought one of every book she had, and that actually ate up all the money I had for today. So tomorrow might be a different story, but for now. The nice thing about having her sign the books is she doesn't charge. Yeah, this is true. She uh, And I think people have heard the story that her father never charges, so she doesn't either, which mm-hmm. I think is amazing. She's yeah. so cool. Victoria's awesome. She's so great. She's so She's cool. awesome. <laughs> so what have you done so far? Um, mostly just hanging out. Um, I saw a day of the Triffids. First time for you, right? Which was my first time, which was great. Awesome. <laughs> that movie is so dark. It's so dark. It's, it's but good. Mid fifties. I want to say mid to late fifties, maybe. Okay. Because no, it has to be the sixties. Because I think because um, they were showing it with um, Yanina Faye had okay. doing the Q and A after, okay. and I think she said she was older in this one than she was in horror. Of Dracula, which was what, like 59? Yeah, okay. So So early 60s? Yeah. Very cool. I I still need to see it. And and as I've told people, the only reason I haven't seen it yet is because there are a handful of you out there, listeners, who have said they want to come on and talk about the Day of the Triffids, and I say, okay, yeah, let's do it, and then nothing ever happens. I'm sure somehow it's Scott Morris's fault. But I've made sure that I haven't seen the movie because I want to keep it fresh. I'm here to take my mics back that I'm borrowing here. So you did the movie. Did you do any of the talks or presentations or anything? Um, I did, uh, again, the talk with Yanina Faye afterwards. Okay. Um, but nothing after that. Okay. I think it was just a bunch of hanging out after that. These are our people, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, I love just kind of watching you just kind of... Uh, <laughs> which is awesome, which is, I'm sure, how I was the first year I came. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying real hard to keep it cool, but, you know, I fanboyed out all over Julia Adams that year, so... <laughs> You know, I, I probably yeah. I hope I, I didn't get anything on her per se, but you know, I just was all over. Ah, so, yeah. So no bail money was required. Yeah. So yeah, you were. This is true. This is true. <laughs> but yeah, Victoria Price is awesome. Um, she came through. We're in a prime spot, so everybody who comes in has to come this way. Yeah. Which is pretty nice. Uh, 
caught up with a bunch of friends and, and had some other people here. Do you have any other plans for the weekend? Anything you want to make sure you see or experience? Um, well, tonight is the Santo at the Wax Museum, which I totally to want to do. Yes, awesome. I'm totally going to that. And then tomorrow night is the, the throwing of the stuff, which I'm looking forward to. They throw a lot of stuff. Right. Ken can vouch for that. They, they throw so much stuff. This is the best podcasting is when I gesture to somebody who's not on mic and he just nods. That's, that's what I wanted. That's right. <laughs> the throwing of the stuff is fun. The throwing um, of the stuff, yeah. Now, they do the Festival of the New Wine before the throwing of the stuff, don't they? That is correct. And that's, that's a blast. Do you think mm-hmm. he'll have Lederhosen again this year? Do you think you'll have Lederhosen again this year? I hope so. I'm making a call for it. <laughs> <laughs> so they play the sequence from mm-hmm. Frank's I Meets the Wolfman, and it's a big sing-along. It's so fun. But yeah, the throwing of the stuff, and uh, yeah, I think tomorrow night is, is it Kennedy stuff, too? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And the, the live theater tomorrow night as well, because I dig that kind of thing. I've never done any of that here, so you mm-hmm. have to let me know how it is. Yeah. I'm looking totally. forward to, to hearing about it all. What about Sunday? Sunday, let me see. I'm checking the book. Again, good podcasting. Well, there's the, the radio show mm-hmm. that's going to be a Vincent Price thing. And then I'll probably go to the Frankenstein thing. And then probably just more hanging out. Right on. Buying the last of the stuff. <laughs> you feel like it was worth it already? Yeah. Good. I got my money's worth already. I'm good. I'm gl- that, that's the <laughs> one thing that I worried about when I, was, when I promote this thing to people. Mm-hmm. Especially people that I know have to... I know what it takes to get out here. You yeah. Know? So, like, when I was... Okay, at one point, Christmas Willem was going to come out, and then he was like, man, I really hope I haven't oversold it. So I'm glad. Yes. Yeah, no. No overselling. It's awesome. Chris, man, we love you. Next year, you got to come out. Absolutely. we, we got to find a way to get you out here, brother. And anybody else who's not here now, I'm sorry. <laughs> you yeah. need to come out. So I am sitting here with some people that I wanted to talk with last year at the Monster Bash. And I I just, I didn't make it happen because of scheduling and all that. But as soon as I saw the mummy walking around the hallway, I was like, I got to get Janet on the show. I got to get her on the show. Mummy and the Monkey, how are you guys doing? Hey there. We're doing great, Derek. How are you, man? I, I'm having a blast, and I've got you guys on. You're the first horror host I've talked to at the bash so far. For real? For real. Well, I, I haven't seen very many horror hosts. Now I think about it. Well, there'll be more tomorrow. Yeah, there are some here. There'll probably be more tomorrow. I think we're down three. There were three hosts that could not make it. The Bone Jangler, um, Penny Dreadful. And Mr. Lobo. And uh, oh, yeah. I, I haven't seen Lobo. Is he not here this year? Yeah, not here. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was uh, Sadly, one that couldn't make it, yeah. He will be missed. And I know about Penny Dreadful. I didn't know Bone Chunk. Man. I know. Well, I mean. Shout out to you guys. Hopefully we'll be enough this year. We're going to try our best to fill them big shoes. Well, I was about to say, I've got some of my favorites here anyway. So I'm still flying high here. This is all good. This is all good. When we're done recording, I want to get a picture with both of you. Is that all right? Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course you would say of course. What do you expect from the money? That's right. So how long have you guys been hosting? Oh, well. The Mummy and the Monkey have been hosting together for, I think, almost four years now. Yeah, I think that's about right. About four years we've been doing our show. Uh, started out as the Mummy and the Monkey show. And within the, like just this past year, in the 2018, we uh, changed formats from a show that's been uh, – we, we put together uh, – Well, we uh, started out on public access cable yeah. in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and then went on to YouTube, uh, gained some following there, was put in YouTube jail – and, uh, yeah, we started streaming live on YouTube and uh, had some issues with uh, some of the copy, the, the uh, content. Oh, okay. Yeah. Understood. Like, uh, yeah, they're very, you know, the, you, the movies that you show, uh, or it could be your own uh, personal content that you come up with, sometimes uh, someone else can claim it's theirs, and even if it's not true, 
YouTube will take it down. So we transitioned to Facebook Live. Yes. So now we have a Facebook Live, and um, we we changed the name to the Mummy and the Monkeys Harry Scary Hangout. That's right. But uh, Mummy and Monkeys show, I mean, close enough. Okay. Yeah, I know. I follow you guys on Facebook, and I know at one point you were on YouTube. I think when I talked to you guys last year, we were talking about still doing some YouTube stuff. So yeah. And then sometimes, uh, like our uh, reruns will air on some Roku channels. Okay, are you part of like the uh, the Monster Channel that network? And Monster people? Channel yeah, as Monster well. Channel, yeah, yeah. Can't forget uh, those guys. Yeah, yeah. we were on uh, what Betamax TV. I think there's some stuff on Betamax still. Is that still around? I thought it. I think it still yeah, is on Beta, Roku. Yeah. Uh, Betamax TV had Bizarre some. TV. So they had some issues, but then they came back. They had oh, to fix good. their server. Yeah. But instead of streaming live, it's kind of like watch on demand. You just pick whatever you want to watch. Oh, well, that's very so cool. We have a bunch yeah. of our shows and queue that you can just pick and watch whenever you want and we were on Bizarre TV for a while but unfortunately uh, the person who ran that channel Rhonda she passed that's away that's the one that shut down Rhonda I was Baffles. mixing him yeah. up yeah, yeah. Rhonda Baffles and it, it was really sad that she died uh, you know, uh, it was like last year sometime <laughs> she passed but so. anyway um, yeah so we're streaming live on Facebook Friday nights usually from uh, 10 to midnight uh, we still show a bad uh, public domain movie put together skits and bits in between and chat with the folks and interact with them uh, in between the breaks of the movie. That is so cool. Yeah, originally we were um, recording everything, editing it, putting it together as like a full featured episode and then uploading it. Which would take about a month on cable. to a month and a half, sometimes two months, sometimes longer to get an episode out. It, so. it, it, with, with uh, yeah, our jobs and stuff too. Yeah, it, it, it was a whole thing. So, so with so. the streaming, it kind of forces us to get uh, a movie prepared, chop it up, uh, add sound effects if we can, and... Uh, gather a bunch of bits and shoot some last minute skits and uh, sit down on Friday night, hit that live button and just go for it, you know? Yeah, and it, it gives us a deadline too where it's like, okay, we yes. have to have it done by this date. People you know? are saying they got the popcorn ready for Friday night. They're ordering it, they, and we, we have to be there, you know? So, and we love it. What are some of the movies you've done recently? Ooh, uh, Ooh. We, we did Vampire Ticks Vamp- from, from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. It's a Michael Butt independent movie. Trust me, you never heard of it, but you got to see it. What is it called? Vampire Ticks from Outer Space. Vampire Ticks. Yes, yeah. Ticks, Ticks, T I C. Michael Butt is like the new Ed Wood now. And wow. he, he okay. stars in yeah. his movies. Um, everything's independent. Yeah, he's out of uh, uh, Milwaukee, right? Or Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. And he makes his own independent movies, but Vampire Ticks. Uh, is a very, very interesting one. Uh, the ticks are basically uh, surgical gloves that are inflated. And uh, there is a scene in the movie where they're in a, in a trailer talking about what to do about these ticks. And they're all standing by this big picture window. And obviously someone's hurling yeah. these uh, inflated gloves and they're hitting the window no, as they're talking. No, they were being attacked by them. Yes, attacked. And you, and you just fall out at that it. part. It's just too funny. <laughs> but, uh, but it's great stuff. We show vampire ticks and we showed... Uh, uh, oh, um, uh, uh, Assignment Terror. Oh, Assignment Terror. Which is also known as oh, yeah. Frankenstein versus Dracula. And what was it? Uh, the Killer Shrews. And, and you added a lot of sound effects to these movies, and it makes it more enjoyable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Grim did. So we're, we're trying to pull out. We're going to pull out probably a lot of the stuff that's definitely public domain. Killer Shrews, uh, Attack of the Giant Leeches. Maybe Manos, The Hands of Fate. We'd like love, to show that. I love Manos so much. Yeah. Unironically, I love Manos so much. Yeah, it's, we'll it's probably a try to show that. You know, anything that's definitely on the public domain that no one's going to complain about. Well, if we do play Manos, we would have to have some new Madame Manos skits. So we also have yes. other characters. Uh, Madame Manos, she's a fortune teller. Yeah, so and we a develop fan other... named her Madame Manos. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so we have <laughs> other, I love that. Yeah, we have other characters we do in skits uh, uh, that we show on the show. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm assuming you guys had horror hosts growing up. 
if, if there was like one or two that like directly inspired you to get into doing this, who would that be? Mummies first. Oh gosh. We grew so, up in Cleveland. In, so we in grew Ohio. up in Cleveland, Ohio, and we grew up watching Big Chuck and Little John. Okay. The Ghoul. Um, if we had cable, we would watch Elvira whenever she was on. Right. So it was, th- th- and then the, and then the Akron, Ohio people had Son of Ghoul. Right. And then I would watch also the classic monster movies and the monsters. So I think it was like a whole big clump of all of those things okay. that I loved. A monster bash of sorts. Yes, oh. yes. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you will. Uh, or if you would. Yeah, uh, I grew up also in Cleveland, Ohio. Watched uh, a fellow named Superhost on Saturday mornings. Okay. Uh, big Chuck and Little John. Houlihan and Big Chuck was before them. Uh, the Ghoul. Uh, lots of different ones in Ohio. Ohio has something in the water that produces many horror hosts for some reason. Um, and then later on, the syndicated shows like Elvira and in Mystery Science Theater 3000, mm-hmm. uh, really inspired by them. You're, Again, you're going to laugh because when I first saw uh, Mystery Science Theater, I'm like watching the show. It was on the Sci-Fi Channel back in the day. And I'm like, why are they blocking the view? Why are they talking over it? Like, I didn't get it at first. I was like 12 or something. Yeah, I wasn't I a fan either at first. But then it's, I started seeing, hey, they took... They did something different with the horror host format, totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was really inspirational as well. Now, mind you, I was in my 20s at this time uh, when I saw them. Uh, they didn't come on until like uh, the mid to late 90s, but right. that's how old I am. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, but those, those, yeah, multiple hosts. And then later on, we got to learn more about horror hosts from around the country, like Zachary you yeah. know, and all the classics, uh, Sammy Terry, Sven Gulli. Um, Chili Billy, since we're near Pittsburgh. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And Every like big city seemed to have their own late night movie host, and I'm, I'm so jealous of those people. I did not have one. No. I grew up. You know, I was a military kid. My dad moved around a lot, and I didn't have oh. like a, a, a host growing up. I maybe I knew who Elvira was because it played at my grandparents' house when I'd mm-hmm. go down to visit, and they always made me change the channel because I didn't think little Derek should be watching Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and whatever. <laughs> it just made me crave it more, you know? Right. But, uh, yeah, that's crazy. So you were crazy. like a horror host orphan. I know. It was, it was awful. Now, now I've made up for lost time. I'm buying all the DVDs. Um, some of my best friends are horror hosts. You know, I just, I love this. I love the art form. I've actually had people tell me, you should do it. And I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. I... <laughs> Because I see what you guys do, and I love what you guys do, um, and it's just—it's so cool. And that you're doing independent films and giving independent filmmakers a, a platform. Yeah, we—that's pretty special. Yeah, and we had another one too. We did it was uh, Phantom of the uh, the, the oh, Opera. Oh, the one. Phantom Theater. Phantom Theater. Phantom yeah. Theater, and um, these were like in, in, in more Ohioans, but um, younger kids, they, uh, they probably like, teenagers, like fourteen, fifteen. And oh, now wow. they're like college age now. Yeah, but they, they made their they, own movie. They uh, made their own movie. Based on a, an amusement park feature uh, at Cedar Point that was closed down. Or no, it was a King's Island. King's Island, I believe. Yeah, yeah King's yeah. Island, an old amusement park, had an old feature called the Phantom Theater. And it was closed down and they went to this abandoned theater and encounter a phantom that was there. So they made this uh, movie a while back and uh, we they wanted us to show it and we did. And that one got a lot of views. It did because I think all their friends were watching. Yeah, and that, that was family, for us. which yeah. is cool, and because people were like really liking it. And with the Facebook Live, people can comment as it's streaming, right. so it's yeah. very interactive. Everyone yeah. can chime in and have their say. And um, so far, everyone's behaving pretty well on there. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, well you're lucky because it is Facebook. <laughs> yes, it's the internet. And anything goes. It's, it's like true. the Wild Wild West still. So yeah, right. That is so cool. So I have a game that we play here on Monster Kid Radio. I'd like Ooh. to play with you guys. It's called the Classic Five. I've got a deck of cards here, and each one of these cards has a this or that. What movie do you like better? Style question. Okay. Oh, okay. It's like an icebreaker kind of thing. You know, party game. Yeah. There are no wrong answers. Would you like to play the Classic Five? Sure. All right, here we go. That's the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I lost already. But there aren't any, so that's good. Okay. 
card number one. This actually comes from our Universal Expansion deck. Ooh. Which movie do you prefer better? The Tarantula or The Deadly Mantis? Ooh, I know that Ooh. I'm a Mantis guy. I watched that, uh, really? watched that movie quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, I, I do like that movie. I'd have to say Mantis. I, I like... Praying Mantis make praying Manti. I don't know what the plural <laughs> form is. Clint Eastwood, right? I Clint Eastwood, well, the, John Agar. You yes, know, and see, course. that's the thing. Mr. Agar, yes. All right, card number two. What one black and white monster movie would you want to see colorized? Ooh, good. Oh, that's a good question. That is a good question. I, that's that's hard to say. You can't say Mantis, okay? Well, no, no, no. <laughs> colorized. Uh, yeah, oh, uh, okay. Uh, hmm. Take a shot at it. You uh, try first, Grim. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Really? Yes, because uh, we could see how green he really was. See, Creature's my favorite film, so oh. I, I, I Oops, don't know. I didn't like, know that. <laughs> see, step right into that one. Right, right into the lagoon. Boom. Okay, Revenge of the Creature. How about that? <laughs> what about oh, you? Oh, jeez. I guess because I like mummies, maybe just the, the Boris Karloff mummy movie. But I've always wondered what it looked, would look like in color. Yeah. Like, you see photos of like Pierce's makeup of Frankenstein, but I don't know if I've ever seen a color photo of the makeup of the mummy makeup. But I think only if they um, had the color real stylized, like, um, was that Basil Gogos? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah if they, they, they did like the coloring the, like the that, almost like... The contrasting colors, purple and orange. And yeah. It makes some kind of um, weird colors. Like the movie Sin City had like the real cool, like yeah. stylized coloring and... Yeah, only if I could see it like that from a whole different like perspective. That would be very cool. Okay. All right, card number three. This actually is part of our Monster Batch exclusive expansion deck. What is your favorite Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movie? My favorite one? Wasn't there a silent film version? Yes. That one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's such your favorite that you had to ask. (laughs) Well, I just, I thought I was, yeah, anyway. Doctor uh, Abbott and Costello did ever did they ever meet Doctor Jekyll? That's and right. Boris Karloff played him. Yes, that's the one I like. I remember that one. That one's yeah. good. That one's good. All right, card number. Let's see. Last three. This is card number four. What other monster should Abbott and Costello met in the movies? Look at that. How random was that? Right. They should have met the Mummy and the Monkey. Oh, how now? There you go. <laughs> and with CGI, they could probably do that now. Yeah. So there, there you go, Universal. <laughs> you, you you can make uh, make amends with the, with the horror community out there with that bad mummy movie you made, and do Abbott and Costello meet the monkey and the mummy? You know I, what? I, I sign me up for that. You know, let's start a Kickstarter campaign to raise funds. Let's do this. I'm on board. <laughs> All right, final card. What Boris Karloff role could have or should have been played by Bela Lugosi? Oh boy, um, what? That's like, oh. yeah. Well, he turned down Frankenstein. I know. It was above me. But it would almost, but because he was so, they had such a kind of, how would you say that? Well, that, I think that was a one-way thing. I think Bela had a little issue with all kind that. Kind of like a grudge yeah. or a chip on his shoulder I, about I, it. It would be interesting to see what he would have done with the character, but... Um, if well, they, he did play him once in Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. Right, yes. Yeah. Uh, but the original... Um, but in the original, yeah. But to see it in, like, the original... I wonder how James Whale would have handled Lugosi. That'd, that'd be interesting yeah, to see I, that. I would just want... Yeah, just because I'd be like, okay, well, let's see what you got, you know? Or Karloff is Dracula meeting Betty Boop. That Whoa. would be interesting, too. <laughs> Remember that whole... I, I can't hear yes. anybody but Lugosi saying, you have booped your last boop. You know, That's I, true. I can't hear Karloff saying that. That's true. <laughs> Well, there you go. So that was the classic five. Tell me where people, or tell my listeners where people they can find you other than Facebook. Is that pretty much the, the main place? All over the interwebs, like themummyandthemonkey.com. That's the main hub. If you go to the mum, themummyandthemonkey.com, you can find the links to everything that we do. Okay. Do. 
I'll there. make sure yes. when this episode goes out, there will be a link in the show notes because I want to you know promote some of my favorite horror hosts. Aww. I love what you guys do. I Thanks really do. You guys are awesome. And we love Monster Kid Radio. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> One of the things I look forward to most about Monster Bash is connecting with people that I've only known through the internet. People have been on my podcast, people I'm friends with on Facebook. And yesterday, this guy walks in wearing the best t-shirt I have ever seen. Tim Durbin was here, and if you remember, he was on the episode that we covered The Most Dangerous Game on, which is still one of my most favorite movies that I've watched for the show. It's so cool. Tim, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing just fine. What do you think of the This is your first bash. This is the first bash I've done, yes. And what do you think so far? Oh, I'm having a blast. Yeah? Yeah. What, what did you do yesterday? Uh, well, I attended uh, Frank Delostrito's talk on Ghost of Frankenstein. Oh, that so was good. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've just been going around, meeting people. I got uh, Victoria Price to sign something for me. I uh, met uh, David G. Hardy. Um, oh, who's, yeah. He's who's, who's a wonderful fan artist and, and such a nice, nice guy. He's a really cool guy. Uh-huh. He's the artist that if you like any of his photos he puts online, uh-huh. he will personally say thank you so-and-so and tag you in the post. Yes, he will. Really good work. Really mm-hmm. good work. Uh-huh. What are you looking forward to today? Well, Joshua Kennedy's got his uh, midnight screening of um, uh, the St. Augustine Monster. Have you uh, seen it yet? I have seen the St. Augustine Monster. It's really good. But uh, it'll be nice to see on that big screen. With a group of people. I just uh-huh. It's a nice dark room. It's warm. I'm hoping I don't doze off. <laughs> I've seen the movie before, and it's a silent film, so there's no diet. It's like, you know. But there's a sneak preview of something that I'm just going to say is coming. Yes, it's At least that's exciting. the plan. So have you seen it? Did he show it to you? No, no, I haven't seen oh. it. Oh, we'll talk about it later. All we'll right. talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> man, I'm so glad that you came, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Glad to meet you in person. Yeah, and I've seen you palling around with Josh and Dan Day Jr., who, uh, That's right. you know, we, we give a hard time to now because he's now been in a movie with Veronica Carlson. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, he, he, pl- he plays it down like, oh, it's no big deal, but then immediately, but I did have lines with her. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Man, Josh has put together uh, an amazing just thing. I don't know. Is it, a fam- is it a career? Is it a filmography? I don't know what he said. He flew here from Martin Beswick's house. <laughs> yes, he did. Dude. <laughs> He's amazing. He really is. He's a good guy. He's uh-huh. a good guy. I'm so glad to see you. You know, palling around with him. He's like, yep. man, you're gonna have the best time here because he's he's the man. Yes. So, you want to do a few classic five questions since sure. you're here? All right, cool. So we got the classic five. I got the new cards. Looking all uh, a professional now. Top right off the top. It's a hammer card. Alrighty. Who's your favorite actress to appear in a hammer film? Ah. I think I'd have to go with Hazel Court. Really? Yes. So many people go like the Ingrid Pitt route or something like that. Hazel Court. Yes. Which is your favorite Hazel Court? Performance. Um, well, she didn't do a lot for no, Hammer. No, she didn't. No, no. but um, I, I'd have to go with Curse of Frankenstein. Yeah. She has that such a genteel sense about her, but she's also ready to stand up and fight for herself or fight uh, fight even for the Baron in, in that particular performance. Very cool. No, I like her a lot. Okay. All right, second card from the core deck. Who do you prefer, Lon Chaney or Lon Chaney Jr.? Mm. It's, it's a tough one. But I, I think I would have to go with um, with Junior, just just because I haven't seen as many of Juan Senior's movies. Okay. And the, the ones I've seen are classics, of course. But um, Junior, he, he's just got that kind of everyman quality uh, and kind of the tortured self that, yeah. um, that 
lots of people can just really identify with, myself included. Yeah. He's a great actor. I feel like, maybe not to the extent that Lugosi, but he didn't get all the breaks. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I haven't mentioned this on the show yet. Uh, here's an exclusive. I've got a project in the works regarding Lon Chaney Jr. that I want to do. Oh, awesome. So um, I feel like there hasn't been a lot of attention paid to him the way Lugosi and Karloff has had attention paid to him. <laughs> and uh, it's time. So we'll just say that. All right. <laughs> Card number three. This is the uh, Monster Bash exclusive deck. Uh-huh. If you could have a drink or a meal with any Monster Bash guest, who, past or present, who would it be? Any Monster Bash guest. And you don't have to say me because I'm hearing you. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. I mean, it's a, it's a tough one because there have been so many greats. Since this is my since this is my first, I think I go with Victoria Press. She's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> She's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be that would be a pleasure. All right, card number four. What's your favorite Ray Kellogg film? The Giant Gila Monster or The Killer Shrews? I'm gonna have to go with The Killer Shrews. Just yeah. Just because I know some people read it. Oh, it's it's dogs and costumes, but it's it's a pretty scary film and and. And the, the the giant mock-ups of the of the uh, true heads are, are pretty pretty scary all on their own. Yeah, I like Giant Gila Monster a lot because it's got that rock and roll thing going. Yeah. But Killer Shrews is you're right, it's scary. Uh-huh. I, I I know the dogs with the rugs on them, whatever. But it's a scary film. So yeah, there you go. All right, final card. What classic monster movie would you like to see turned into a theme park attraction? Well, I think Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. You win. Because <laughs> I just want a scene where you're, you're, you're out on a boat and then the tour guide's explaining everything and then the creature pops up and, and kidnaps her. And <laughs> Only her if you get that, that stinger. But, Only if you get that when it pops up. <laughs> Got to have that plan. <laughs> That's awesome, Tim. Well, thanks for doing the Classic Five, man. Hey, it's my pleasure. Now, are you here the rest of the weekend, too? Yes, I am. Awesome. So I'm sure I'll see you around. Alrighty. All right. Thanks, Tim. Okay. Thanks so much. <laughs> oh, wait. Your websites. We got to mention them. Oh, yes. We got um, to self-promote here. Okay. Viewing the Classics, all one word, no spaces, .blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. And I also uh, review Classic TV at uh, Classics on the Tube, uh, all one word. You know, I don't know if they're in the permalink section of the website, but they really need to be. So when I get home, I'll do that. So So nice of you. Thank you. Hey, man, you do good work. Oh, thank you. You do good work. (laughs) Uh, Go on. No, no, that's (laughs) it. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. All right, so we are sitting here with another person who listens to MKR that I've, I finally got to meet in person. Uh, yep. You know, he's interacted with the show a little bit with some email and that sort of thing. Todd Brown, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. What do you think of the bash so far? V- very spendy. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my bank account doesn't think of it as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a budget when you come to these things or, or just like whatever happens, happens? I do. And very rarely do I keep it. Is <laughs> it gone the first day? <laughs> it's gone the done. first, usually the first five minutes. Well, you are a collector of classic monster movie posters and papers and things like that. What's the website? Where can people find it? Uh, thehauntedcinema.com. I know we've mentioned it on the show before and I need to update like the permanent link section of my website to make sure there's a link to it uh people need to check it out there's some really cool artwork in there and i mean it's it's phenomenal stuff yep. man it's all for my collection and uh and that you're sharing it with people online is just fantastic yep. 
Yep. It, you're, you're doing Godzilla's work, man. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. We got a lot of good interviews coming up that that are already out, and uh, you're, wait, you're, wait for responses back yet. So. You're just saying that because you've got me doing it. I do. I'm going to be interviewing you. I want to do the. We try to focus on the creators and the artists and the the folks that make the genre what it is. Uh, what of, are some of the people you've had interviewed? Well, right now I've so you are coming up. Obviously, you're you're, you're one of number one on my my hit list. Uh, so <laughs> wait, hit list. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, Sue Heim from Hollywood Poster Frames. Oh, she, cool. Uh, okay. So she has she knows everybody in the industry so we're gonna be at her uh dark hoffman who did uh he was the prop master for babylon 5 oh cool but he's done a lot of digital artwork for the harry potter franchises so we're gonna be him um just did the devil's workshop a mask maker okay uh, uh pete and, and facile from uh the devil's workshop and i've got the crimson ghost mask room coming up and uh, eric austin who does the uh he set up mask fest which is a big convention for masks at, at uh, in conjunction with horror hound so a lot of things and a lot of things the mummy and uh, um, the monkey. Monkey. I've got her. She and him. Um, I suppose he talks. He's a monkey, but who knows? He does talk. He does talk. I <laughs> so had him on the show we, yesterday. Or, yep. Well, we recorded. People will hear it today. Yep. But on this, you know what I mean. I got it. Editing. So anyway, so we got quite a few, and then we got quite a few that we want to do uh, down the line. And, and uh, very cool, man. I, I love the site, and I and I love I love the approach. See, I get so wrapped up into the fandom of the movies themselves. Uh-huh. Um, I love looking at the posters and the lobby cards, yep. but if I look too long. Long, I end up trying to buy them. <laughs> so I'm going to live vicariously through your website awesome. for that until awesome. my bank account gets really yep. big. Then maybe I'll come to you and ask you where I can buy some stuff. My nephew just started writing for the site. and He's, you know, 20 whatever. And uh, he's got a column. He's going to do horror from his high horse. And he's going to start looking at old movies that he's never seen before. Really? And he's going to start talking about from his point, his generation's oh, point of view. Man. of. And I think he's going to tackle them the first one. He's going to be them. Oh, man. He's starting good. Yep. He's and doing, then my, yeah. my son, Josh, he does uh, a little bit more contemporary. He did the thing on Solo, the movie. And he's done one on uh, uh, CGI and horror and how it's not very good. <laughs> So you're doing it so, right, man. You, know, you, you yep. man. That's that's a parenting win. Ah, there you that's go. That's what it is right here. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to isolate that clip? Yes, and please. Send it please to you send it to you. Just play it on a loop. I'll play it on his phone. It'll be his ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you want to play a round of the classic yeah, five? Yeah. All right. Okay. Card number one. Looks like this comes from the Hammer deck. What do you prefer, Hammer Horror or Hammer Sci-Fi? Hammer Horror. Hammer Horror. Easily. Easily. Uh, you know, whether it's it's Cushing as Frankenstein or uh, Lee as the mummy, any anything hammer horror I'm in. I've heard more people talk about Lee as the mummy this weekend oh, yeah. than I normally do in my real life, and it's been awesome. Actually, I, I like Lee as the mummy and Dracula, I think, better than the universal side, but... Catch me on a different day, I may say. We had that conversation last night <laughs> <laughs> with some other people. So no, no, he's fantastic. He was vicious in both. The, the, the monsters were vicious in both. Yeah. Uh, so. All right. What character from a classic monster movie would you like to have a drink or a meal with? I a character from a classic, Doctor Frankenstein from Curse of Frankenstein. You'd like to sit down to a meal with, with Peter Cushing's Doctor Frankenstein? I would. I think that would be high class. It <laughs> would be. A little off the wall, a little arrogant. I like it. It'd be fun. <laughs> so I got Dominique in the background throwing up the horns in support. There you go. Oh, no, you know, you, you're right, for parts, you feel, man. You'd feel okay. <laughs> All right, what, uh, third card. What was the most recent Universal Monster movie you've watched? The recent, most recent one was The Invisible Man Returns. I, so good, right? Yeah, I started. I was. It really was good. I started watching all of them in, in by release date, and then I had to go on a business trip, and I forgot to take the Blu-ray sets, so I got out of order. But uh, no, I liked Invisible Man Returns an awful lot. Did some um, prices? I mean, 
I know people associate Price with the Invisible Man because of Evan Costello. Yep. Yep. He wasn't the first though. No. But but man, he makes the role as own. Yeah. And, no, and, and it was so different from it was you know, it wasn't just formulaic, hey, let's just rehash the Invisible Man all over again with a different cast. Right. They did something completely different. And the story yeah. itself is just, it's, it's this mystery yeah. kind of thing. Going. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. It's yeah. and, and Vincent Price got a little, he got a little off the hook as he went going. No, that's good. Good stuff. Good all stuff. right, fourth question. What movie do you prefer? Dracula's Daughter or Son of Dracula? Dracula's Daughter, just because I both had once had the mask and the movie poster. And I think it's so stylish. That's a very 50s kind of vibe. Yeah, I think it's going to be... Oh, I'm thinking Dracula's Daughter. That's Noah. That's 30s. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm going to stay with it. Yeah? Yeah, I'm going to stay with it. Dracula's Daughter. I like them both. Dracula's Daughter. It's that's underrated, a That's a tougher question. It's an underrated film, though. Yes, that's a tougher question. Really good. I'm thinking of Blood of, a Blood of Dracula, by the way. Oh, okay, okay. Which is also a fun movie. It is, it is. All right, final question, final card. What is your favorite Ray Harryhausen creation? I really like Ymir. Is yeah. that his Ymir? Ymir? I, I, yeah. There's a lot of sadness in that monster. Yeah, there's a lot of sadness in all his monsters. But that was one of those. He's almost like a Frankenstein kind of monster where it really isn't his fault. Mm-hmm. But it was going to come to the end of the game. So I think I think him. I mean, there's yeah. so many great, so many great monsters. <laughs> he he gave so much personality mm-hmm. to them. Yep. And I mean, even something like Earth versus the Flying Saucers, where it's just you know spaceship flying yeah, saucers. Right, right, right. You feel like there's somebody in there piloting those things. It's yep. not just a machine. You know, exactly. This prop. It's, exactly. There's just something about his work. Yeah. And we were just talking. My son and I were just talking about King Kong original and then versus CGI stuff and and how. You know, those kind of, even though you know it's stop motion and it looks like what it is, they have a believability and a life to them that you accept. Yes. And you're like, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that that's a dinosaur right there. Mm-hmm. You know, or CGI can can fade away on that. Now, did you watch Dinosaurus in here yesterday? No, I wasn't here. I, we came up today. Oh, so. okay, okay, okay. Too many posters, not enough move, room for money for move. Or for I, I understand, I understand. <laughs> totally understand. Completely get it, man. Well, that was a classic five. How do you feel? Awesome. I awesome. Good stuff. Todd, thank you so much. Hey, man, I appreciate it. And I'll be sending you the interview questions. So we'll have Please do. Website. It'll be fun to do. It'll be awesome. fun to do. It'll give me a chance to think about it and sound intelligent. So that'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Derek. This is Todd from the Haunted Cinema. Just got back from Monster Bash, and I wanted to say that it was great meeting you and, and some of the folks that were hanging around your table. I got to meet Dominique and Tracy and Steve Turk, and that was really cool hanging out chatting monsters, and talking about all the good stuff that we like. I want to congratulate you on uh, and Joshua Kennedy on your um, achievement awards. I think those are greatly deserved, and, and hopefully it's the first of many because you said hopefully you got a long time to go uh, in podcast, uh, Monster Kid radioing, if you will, and Joshua with his movies. So, again, greatly deserved. Congratulations. Couldn't think of better people to get it. Um, really had fun playing the round of the Classic Five. Always wanted to do it. I kind of play along when you do it with your guests. And so it was fun to actually get a chance to do that with you. Again, fun meeting you. Monster Bash was great. Unfortunately, I could only stay for the one day. Find too many posters uh, means you don't get to stay overnight in nice hotels. Hopefully, we'll get to see you again either in October, if you can make it, or for sure next year. That's all I got from the Haunted Cinema. Have a great day. Keep on doing what you're doing. 
Bye. So that was Todd from the Haunted Cinema. You know, I wasn't going to do like a feedback section uh, of this episode just because it's Monster Bash coverage and I wanted to cram as much as I could. But as I go through everything I've got here, I've got so much. We're just going to be mm-hmm. spilling into next week's as well. So let's do that feedback, especially since it has to do with Monster Bash. Mm-hmm. And it gives me an excuse to get Brenda on the show. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm a little bit randomly sniffly. I don't know why. So I'll I, edit it out so nobody... Th- I apologize if I sniffle. <laughs> no worries. Uh, am I, are you allergic to me because I've been gone so, <laughs> and then I came back and you're like... No, it happened the whole time you were gone too. I suspect mm. I need to change my allergy meds. So is he allergic to the lack of me? It was here regardless of your presence. You're here now. I'm still sniffly. I just need new allergy meds. I'm finally here. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you got to stay in the weirdest hotel. Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) So just because of uh, cost and money and, well, I guess that's the same thing, time, uh, I opted to not fly out of Pittsburgh until Monday evening. I didn't quite understand that. You were absolutely insistent on paying for another day in the hotel. Yeah. I think maybe forgetting how quickly things shut down on a Sunday. Well, you know, I, and and we'll see what happens next year. I mean, I did like being able to take it a little easier Sunday night, but I, even if I stay till Monday next year, I'm not staying that late because then the chances of for problems um, seem to go up. So what happened was I flew out of Pittsburgh on American Airlines, and I don't mind naming them. Uh, what happened was I flew out. The issue was ultimately what I was told is that the plane that was coming to pick me up in Pittsburgh was coming out of Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina. At one point they said it was coming out of Dallas. Maybe Charlotteville. I don't know. No, it was Charlotte, Charlotteville. Either way, not Pittsburgh, not Dallas. And they said there were some maintenance issues with the plane coming out. And first they said it was getting delayed till 8, then 8.10, then 8.20, then 8.23. At the 8 o'clock mark, they told me it's not going to get pushed back any further. The plane's already in the air. Mm. Uh, didn't get into the air until after they had pushed it all the way back to 8.23. And you had a tight... Oh, I already had a tight layover anyway. So I was supposed to go to Dallas and from Dallas catch a flight to Portland. And I made it late. <laughs> I was really late getting into Dallas. And so they offered to put me up in a hotel and put me on a plane the following morning pretty early. And when I got up to the counter, the guy asked me which hotel I wanted to stay in. Best Western or the Wyndham? And I said, I don't know. I'm not from here. I've never had to go through this before. What's better? And he looks at me in the eyes and says, I'm going to give you the Wyndham. I'm thinking, okay, well, that sounds fancy. So the Wyndham, it looked fancy on the outside uh, after the taxi drove me there. And the cabbie was very proud of the largest interstate in America, I guess, which is like 11 lanes in Dallas because it's big. Which sounds like a nightmare to me. Yeah. Well, in Texas, if it's not big, it's not good, according to the cabbie, who also told me quite often that the vouchers that the airlines use to get the free taxi rides for us, they don't make any money off of it. I don't know if he was angling for a huge tip or something. No. Anyway, get to the Wyndham. It looks fancy outside. I walk in, huge open lobby space, huge. And then I look to the left and I see what looks like, uh, I don't know, like a bamboo display, except it's not bamboo trees along the wall. No. <laughs> they are bright blue neon tubes arranged as if it was some sort of bamboo backdrop decoration. Right. 
And if you continue to let your eyes wander against around that wall, you see a little bar area, which is also lit very similarly. Now, at this point, I didn't really pay attention to the furniture in the lobby because, I mean, it's after midnight. The flight they put me on is like at 6 a.m. or something. And I didn't. It was the ridiculously tall chairs, right? Yeah. So they put me in the room. And the lobby is all that's fancy. The room itself was, I don't even know how to describe it uh, adequately, but the walls were one color. There was a, a, a sconce, I guess you could call it, across the curtains that had a bunch of Asian characters on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this faux snakeskin leather thing that was used on the chair and the headboard that was against the wall but the little uh where there would be buttons they were just clear plastic gems yeah yeah very very cheap looking (laughs) um the lights were all on when i came into the room Mm -hmm. fine time to go to bed try to turn off the lights i can't find the light switch for the lamps the 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 wall lights there are no light I, i couldn't find them the one switch that i thought controlled them no that controlled the light underneath the bed So So by this point, I had read a bunch of reviews before you even got there. And I'm sending you texts like, uh, (laughs) this is going to be interesting. Don't give them your card number because there's a lot of reviews about random charges showing up. I ended up unscrewing the light bulbs in the lamps to go to sleep. Uh, fortunately, I had like 17 alarms set between my Kindle and my phone because I couldn't get the alarm clock to work. I didn't tell you about that. Mm. And the wake-up call I asked for never came in. So, <laughs> you know, fortunately, I got up, rinsed off real quick as best as I could because I didn't have my luggage and I didn't have you know, Right. They stuff. didn't give you your luggage. No. Uh, and, you know, I got on the plane. No problem. We're good. Got home okay. This was the cap of my Monster Bash experience. And it didn't really change the fact that I had a great time. So, yeah. sorry, Wyndham. Next time you'll have to try harder if you're going to harsh my mellow. Just saying. <laughs> and then you got here at 11 a.m. our time and That's came right. home and kittied up. That's right. Got my kitties. Got uh, some of my food, which... You know, we have some routines and some regular places we yeah, like to go. And yeah. we, we got Burgerville and we hung out and watched, caught up on YouTube videos that we hadn't watched in a while. Yes. We weren't able to watch together. Frankie and just, D. Just had an us day, which was what we needed. And then yeah. that was Tuesday. And then Wednesday, here we are. We did a bunch of chores. Did a bunch of chores. Back to life is normal. Mm-hmm. Back to normal life. Anyway. Uh, but again, all that said, Monster Bash still feels like this surreal thing that happened around me. Oh. And and I'm still holding on to that monster bash afterglow. Post the post bash blues haven't set in yet. Mm. Partly because I haven't gone back to work, but the post bash blues haven't set in yet. Mm. So I, I'm still flying pretty high. Um, yeah, yeah. So while I was gone, you just sat around eating ice cream and watching like Project Runway reruns and, and just pined away from me, right? Sure, sure. That's exactly. What happened? No, <laughs> I did a lot of chores every day. Obviously not enough since we had to do some today, but you know. Derek Michael, <laughs> come on now. The chores we're doing today are get Derek in the shower, wash Derek's clothes, take care of Derek. <laughs> 
Yeah, just kind of getting back to normal. Yes. Getting back to normal. Yeah. Monster Bash was amazing. I'm so glad. And Todd, who called in, thank you for calling in, man. I had a blast chatting with you. Thank you so much for that amazing artwork you gave me. Oh, the long, thin one? Yeah. Yeah, the House of Dracula advertisement. That was very, very cool of you, sir. You know, I received a lot of gifts, actually. And if I start to name them off now, because I don't have them all right in front of me, I'm going to forget one, and I'm not trying to. So I'm just going to say, in general, to all of y'all, the artwork, the books, the magazines, the comics, the DVDs, thank you so much. The lobby cards. The dice with the skulls. The very cool dice. Very cool, which Brenda really, really likes. So I'm going to have to you know, hide them when I'm <gasps> using them. There's five of them. You could share some. <laughs> These are very, very cool, too. Yeah, no, it was, you know, just thank you so much. And and thanks to everybody who stopped by the table. And if you're a new listener because you discovered Monster Kid Radio at the Monster Bash, welcome. I hope you enjoyed what you've heard so far and you continue yes. to enjoy the show. Glad to have you here. As uh, my friend Ken Blows calls them... Uh, as a Monster Kid Radiohead. Aww. <laughs> he said that in a message today. I was like, I, I like that. Radiohead, Aww. okay. Monster Kid Radioheads. Yeah, didn't Welcome. you get an alert that your podcast was being searched for or something on Google? I did. It was weird. I, I never really seen that before, but apparently I got some sort of weird... People are looking for... Mo- no, it was on Facebook. Mm. People were looking at Monster Kid Radio on Facebook. Well, hey, that's awesome. Very cool. Hopefully that means there's... Some new radio heads. Yeah, hope, hopefully. Hopefully. Hope you guys are enjoying the content so far. So far, we've been playing a ton of interviews from Monster Bash, and we're going to keep doing that next week as well. Now, I do have audio from the various Q&As. I haven't listened to it yet, but between myself and the amazingly talented Scott Morris, we have pretty much, well, a good chunk of the Q&As recorded. For new radio heads... That isn't the typical show format. Correct. Normally you're doing an interview and... Yeah, the typical show format is an original piece of surf music. This week I'm just using the quote-unquote Monster Kid Radio theme. Mm. Normally it's a different piece of surf music to open up the show. Uh, We have a Monster Collectibles segment that Brenda reads, written by Michael Dodd. And then we have uh, feedback. Uh, Ken and I are talking about a different segment he might be doing in the future for us, which I'm really excited about. I'll tell you about it off mic. So stay tuned, listeners. That's a tease. Uh, But most of the show is typically devoted to covering a particular film with an ever-rotating stable of guests. To give people a sneak peek about what might be coming up in the future, I have Jim Beard and Chris Franklin coming on to talk about The Body Snatcher. I've got Daniel Horn coming on to talk about Man-Made Monster. Oh, I miss Daniel. I've got Tracy Morris coming up to talk about The Wasp Woman. Mm-hmm. And in August, we're doing nothing but Edgar Allan Poe movies. We're calling it Edgar August Poe. I've got Larry <laughs> Underwood, a.k.a. the horror host Dr. Gain Green. I've got Michael Ledgy, the horror host Dr. Drek. I've got Rod Barnett from the Nashi cast. And sculptor Brian Moore on deck to talk about some various Edgar Allan Poe films from the classic era things Mm. like the tomb of lygia the crimes of dr crespi castle of blood movies like that i'm really excited for that as well so if somebody wants to hear a more normal show they can go backwards and do some of the older ones because two weeks in a row are going to be sort of monster mash related right and then last week was actually the announcement of the ballot for the rally awards the monster kid radio retro monster rally awards the rally awards that we do uh that was the ballot last week which Stephen d sullivan and i talked about 
But we've got a lot coming up. Uh, Dominique Lamsey's just going to come on to talk about Planet of the Vampires. Just lots of really cool things happening in the future. Do you think you should do a normal show next week? You know, I kind of want to get the Monster Bash stuff out because I'm really excited about it. Uh, I had some really good interviews and some really good conversations. Okay. yeah. And I, and I want to share that with people. The Q&As I may parse out. Yeah. Or if it's relevant to the topic at hand, I may right. include it in an episode. Like when we do the Body Snatcher, depending on how the Sharon Moffat Q&A turned out, I might include that because she was in the Body Snatcher. I dig it, bro. <laughs> what, what do you want to hear about Monster Bash? I mean, you've heard a lot. Right. That's the thing. I've, I feel like I've heard a lot of it. Miss Scott and Tracy and you and Dominique. I will say I was pretty sad that I missed seeing my husband uh, get a Lifetime Achievement Award. Like, that doesn't happen very often. Well, it's a lifetime, so it's just like once. So Once a lifetime. <laughs> so when Todd said earlier in the voicemail, hopefully this is the first of many, uh, how do you get a second Lifetime Achievement Award from the same people? I don't... I, I, <laughs> I suppose in podcasting years, maybe, you know, I'm starting my second life. I assume there's other Lifetime Achievement Awards out there. Oh, Get on it. I see. Maybe your Rondo and your Forey, I mean, now they're hanging out. They got pals, right? That's right. They are now tag team partners. Along with my phrenology head. Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then the Godzilla figure, which we have up there on the shelf next to the Forey. Well, yes, that that makes perfect sense. That is a wonderful foursome, and you should leave a recorder out so you could share it on MKR. <laughs> I told Josh because he won one as well right mm-hmm. after me. They Which called is him up. amazing. I mean, that's amazing. You know, he's in his early 20s. So we're talking about me getting my Lifetime Achievement Award. What do I do next? What does he do next? You know, <laughs> and he was talking about that. Like, what do I do now? It was so cool to win the award right before him so that like we're, we're Forey brothers now, you know, uh, but we were talking right? and because he's a filmmaker, we agreed that he is going to put his Forey in the background of every one of his movies somewhere. It's like an Easter egg. Mm. And then I'm going to put my Forey in the background of every one of my podcasts. Which it truly is behind us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing a YouTube video probably within the next week and a half talking about the Forey and what that means to me. Because when I got up on stage, I, I didn't. This was the furthest thing from my mind that was going to happen at Monster Bash. It really. I don't do this stuff to get the awards and things like that. And and I really felt like Monster Bash, the Forey Awards, the Lifetime Achievement Awards was on a completely different level, a different spectrum of anything that I do. Mm-hmm. So for that to happen was pretty spectacular. And right. it still feels surreal. And I said it to them on stage. I've said it to them since then. Thanks. You know, I mean, if I'm going to wrap up everything that I plan on saying in a YouTube video where I'm probably going to ramble a lot about how much it means to me, just to sum it up. Thank you. I think you should just do a bad overdub. What do you mean? <laughs> that video Scott took, and you should just dub over with what you really meant to say. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> you didn't have a bad speech. It was good. It was funny. It was fast. Yeah, well, I didn't. If, see, unlike the Rondo Awards, they don't tell people who's going to win this stuff ahead of time. With the Rondos, I knew. So I could put together a little YouTube video and submit it and that sort of thing a few years ago when I won that. But for this, I was just sitting there and he's talking up there on stage about celebrating classic monsters and just kind of like pointed at me. It's Derek. 
I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You said, I would have worn my black jeans if I had known. Right. I I was wearing, I don't. You were comfortable. Especially next to Josh Kennedy, who's wearing a suit jacket and his top hat. I'm like, dude, who's a slob (laughs) next to this kid? You're about making him this award. It's pretty amazing. Uh, It is. I'm still pretty honored, pretty touched by the whole thing. Well, of course. You can be like, I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> That's true. I don't think I'm going to be over this for a long, long time, if ever. I don't think you should ever be over it. It's a big deal. Daniel Horn sculpted this thing. I don't know if That's he knows neat. that I now have an actual Daniel Horn sculpture in my home. We have now, a mask. We, we have, have lots the of mask. Artwork. We have artwork. Now you've got a sculpture. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to panic you when I sent you a picture of it and said, I can't oh, believe this happened. Oh, jeez. What I got was a text so this happened, and then a picture, I couldn't really tell what it was, and then another, I can't believe this happened, and then non-responsive. And the longer you went non-responsively, the more I thought, maybe it was something bad that happened. <laughs> so then I texted Scott and Tracy, is Derek okay? And uh, that's when I found out you won a Lifetime Achievement Award, and then I cried a little bit because... I didn't get to see my husband get a Lifetime Achievement Award. I, I cried a little bit when it happened. I know. <laughs> <laughs> David The Rock Nelson, who was a frequent guest at these things, uh, told me he also videotaped it, but he told me that he decided to turn off the camera before I started crying. So I'm okay. Nobody wants oh, to see that, he said. <laughs> you know, I have to say that I really appreciate this about you, that you are an example of a man who is willing to express himself for all emotions, not just one. This idea that a man shouldn't be seen crying because it weakens him in some way. No, I think it was so sweet that you were so grateful and so surprised that you were a little teary. It conveys how much that means to you. And I think your willingness to talk about those things makes you so important as a role model well thanks or you know as a model of another way of being thanks babe i love you i'm a lucky guy i'm a lucky monster kid Mm. i'm a real lucky monster kid yeah i don't know where to go from there (sighs) yeah i don't i don't know where to go from there um oh todd asks about seeing me again i am not gonna be able to make the october show while it would be amazing to be able to hit every single Monster Bash, and they're doing three events this year. Oy. Financially, not in the mm-hmm. cards. However, next year, next summer, House of the Gorgon is making its premiere. I am not going to miss that. I am going to be there. Besides, I have that award, and I feel like I have to show up now, or they're going to take it away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true. But also, Mim is going to be there, right? Chris Mim will be there, yeah. so he does every other year. And of course, Josh Kennedy will be there right? Uh, with House of the Gorgon. And there are plans in the works to get some of the stars from House of the Gorgon to the bash. Mm-hmm. So that'll be amazing. And you have a table that you're splitting with Tracy, of Right, course. Tracy Morris will be using some of the table next year to sell more of her very cute felted or, or it's not felt. It's fleeces. Yeah, little monster yeah. fleeces. The We Belong stuffed monster fleeces. Aww. So she'll be selling those. I 
know that Dominique wants to go again next year. Mm-hmm. And I assume if she goes, she'll have some tinglers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know there are some other people that wanted to go this year who couldn't. And they're going to be there next year. I don't want to speak for them because it's not a done deal yet. But I do know that next year is going to be huge. I'm really looking forward to it. Nice. I actually plan on having some scheduled demo times for the Classic 5 game. Which right. made its debut at the Bash. The cards arrived. Scott actually recorded like a little unboxing video of it. So we'll see how that looks. I don't know how exciting it is to open up a box full of cards, but, <laughs> you know, we'll see how that looks. Uh, and maybe I'll put it on YouTube or, or maybe not. But those made their debut and I have some left over. Which I think, I guess I'm just going to recycle. <laughs> you better not. You put some money into that <laughs> at a time where money's a little, uh. So you better not. What should I do with them, hon? I believe you should sell them <laughs> to try to make some money back on the investment. Okay, so we are going to sell the Classic 5 that I have on hand, the stock right. that I have left over. Let's go ahead and sell those. Uh, the prices are the core deck, 75 cards, $15. I thought you were about to say $75. I feel like everybody who was listening who wants a deck just assumed core deck, 75 Dollars and just like me, everybody was like, What? $75 for a core deck, and I'll sign it. No, otherwise, $15 <laughs> for an unsigned deck of the core classic five, 75 cards. I have some Monster Bash exclusive cards left. I'm going to go ahead and sell them until they're gone. I'm not going to print any more up until next Monster Bash. Okay, so wait, core deck, $15. Monster. All these other side decks are how much? Five. That's right. Yeah, I thought so. So Five. your side decks are? The Monster Batch exclusive. Mm-hmm. There are 20 cards in that deck. Mm-hmm. The Hammer deck has 25 cards in it, and the Universal deck has 25 cards in it. I do not have a Kaiju deck yet. That'll be coming out in the next wave. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to wait a year for that to happen for next year's Monster Bash, but stay tuned. I'll announce that when it gets closer to making that happen. Okay. Okay, yeah. so... We'll do that. And really, if people are interested, they can email me. Don't just PayPal me money to Monster Kid Radio. Don't do that. My PayPal address is not monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Email me and I'll tell you how to do it, how to send me money via PayPal if that's something you're interested in. Should you set up a Monster Kid one? So for tax purposes? Uh, Maybe. Well, but email me anyway. What do you think about shipping? Well, I thought maybe we should see how much it is. I think that you're going to have to use a somewhat padded envelope because you don't want the edges of the cards to get dinged up. Sure. But it shouldn't be that much shipping, right? Because it would, it could be a pretty small envelope. I suppose I could go with like a flat rate too, just to kind of make it easier. But I almost feel like. Like those little, they're the size of the old movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, if I could make them fit in there. Why do my they, hands on some. Why do they make that size anymore? I don't know. Because I don't think anybody's sending tape reel-to-reel movies anymore. But it's, Nobody's mailing VHS tapes No, anymore. that's a word. VHS tapes. But it's that size. Hmm. Okay. But how much is that little flat rate box? I don't know off the top of my head. Because maybe you could just offer options. Yeah. Do you want a flat rate box, which is going to be more sturdy, or do you just want to risk it with a bubbly envelope? 
I think bubbly envelope might even be cheaper. You know mm-hmm. what? A lot of this is probably a conversation we need to have off mic. Yeah. But yeah, we'll figure it out. But that, that's what we're looking at. So people interested in the Classic 5 deck uh, having one of their own, drop me a line. And uh, once this stock is out, I'll probably hold off on ordering more until I have maybe the Kaiju expansion ready to go. Or we know we can have enough sales to warrant another order. Yeah, it would have to be know that there's enough interest that it's worth paying to print another bunch of them. I also think you should forewarn that you don't have the cards on you right now. They are in Disney, Indiana right now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And they will be coming our way in the near future. Right. Yes. Gotten Tracy are prompt. Yeah, the the awesome thing about having friends who drive to Monster Bash mm. is that they offer to take some of the stuff that I don't want to ship home. Well, <laughs> and, and there we ship some things there, and then they drive it the rest of the way, so we don't have to worry about luggage, which is awesome, and losing things in luggage. Which surprisingly didn't have a problem with my luggage. It's so odd that they got it here on the flight you were on. It just yeah. seems like the perfect scenario to lose luggage in. You know, I was wondering about maybe they had it the whole time and they just kind of held on to it in the back room. Well, yeah, but then isn't that the perfect scenario for somebody somewhere to forget? Oh, yeah, I have to go pick up that piece of luggage. Who knows? I was thinking it was late enough at night that maybe the plane to Portland was already sitting, waiting, ready to go the next day, and they just transferred it immediately. It wasn't. It wasn't until I already made arrangements to get onto the other flight and everything was on track that i got a notification saying that the flight out of dallas to portland had been delayed 20 minutes so i probably if i had hustled been able to make it home that night if if i had known yeah but the dallas airport does not look conducive to hustle no (laughs) you've got to like get on a little train buzz your way around a little light rail system set up what a nightmare i did take the four in my carry-on Yes. Which meant at every security stop, which was doubled because of the overnight stay in Dallas, I had to open up my suitcase and show everybody what was in it. So two. You had to do it twice. It feels... Well, because I had so much stuff. I had my laptop, my Kindle, my phone, my CPAP machine. It's always so stressful. There's so much now that you have to take out. I was so jealous of Dominique. Why? Because she just had her bag and that's it. (laughs) That's okay, honey. (laughs) I'm sure if you wanted, she would take some of your stuff home and go through half the hassle for you. (laughs) It was was a good time. Yeah. Totally, totally worth getting stuck in Dallas at the weird hotel. (laughs) The Wyndham. If there's anybody out there who works for the Wyndham, please don't take this personally. I'm sure you didn't design the funky hotel room I was in. Right. I didn't tell you this either. When I walked into the hotel room, I turned the corner to go find the little bathroom area. I freaked. I thought there was somebody else in the room with me. Nope. The closet door is just one giant mirror. Well, that's not uncommon. I didn't expect it to be there, though, because <laughs> it was in a weird spot. Normally, you walk into a hotel room, the closet door is like right there, really. Now, this one was kind of tucked around the corner, and it, I, I jumped. I was like, ugh. Oh. Did we talk about how they didn't replace the carpet? And so it's sort of like stuffy, high, posh, whatever carpet with letters on it. Yeah, the, the word W in like this yeah. old English font. Which yes. Is as far removed as that Asian character font they had across the curtain as you could possibly get. Right. And then 
every review I read was that it's like they tried to spend all the money in the lobby, ran out for the rooms, and so everything is like poorly painted and shoddy looking. The hallways getting to the room, super cramped, super tight. What I would imagine like a a low-rent apartment building would be like. Mm. Just really cramped and the doors are right next to each other. So Mm. you know each hotel room is not shaped the same. They just kind of filled the space as they could. Because they're just so Tetris in there. It just felt really odd. (laughs) It was weird. (laughs) That's your takeaway. We've spent as much time talking about Wyndham in in Dallas. That's a good point. Let's talk about the bash. I don't know what else is there to say, actually. What else is there to say about the bash? What are some of the things that I've said to you that you thought were interesting or neat? Can you think of anything? Well, (laughs) that you had fun. Yeah. I mean, of course you talk about specifics, but you talked about how much fun Dominique had and how it was fantastic to see her. You know, like seeing a convention through new eyes. Mm-hmm. You've talked about your various run-ins with... Victoria Price. Yes. Very cool. Yes. And Josh and Scott and Tracy and Steve and his family and... Ben and Michaela. Shout out. Yep. And how fun it was and how much you felt supported. Terry. Oh, I have a new apron. Do you like it? Yeah. I don't think I've ever had an apron before, actually. <laughs> I think you're right. I know I'm right. I've never had an apron before. We had aprons when I was getting my only A pluses I've ever had in home ec and all that stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've never owned one as an adult. As soon as I gave it to you, you opened it up and put it on. <laughs> well, of course. It's this really cool sugar skull pattern. Yes. That, uh, Thank you. Yeah, it's really neat. Thanks really to neat. Terry. Terry was having a great time, too. It was cool to see her and spend time with her and get, get lots of uh, pep talks from her as well. <laughs> Just everybody there, Rod, Christopher Page, Nick and Fiona. Can, yeah, once you start naming names. Yeah, I have to stop because I yeah. will forget somebody. But I met a lot of listeners of the show. Oh, that was probably nice, too, right? That was really really neat yeah to meet some listeners of the show people that i've never met before or maybe not even interacted with online via facebook or gmail or whatever just to run into people there was really cool it's amazing Um, just man just an amazing time it really was it's it's an energizing refreshing time that i am so glad i had i don't know what else there is to say i'm glad you had an amazing time yeah i don't know nothing else (laughs) So let's say this. Let's end the show a little differently than we normally do. I'm not going to cut away. Let's just end the show together right now. If you have any memories from Monster Bash or would like to write in about anything else that we've talked about here on the show, if you're going through the archives and, and find something new to you or you've been meaning to write in, please feel free to do so. Our email address is monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Or you can be like Todd from The Haunted Cinema. By the way, I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes to that. You can call in and leave me a voicemail. The phone number is 503-479-5657. That's 503-4795-MKR. This is all available on our website at monsterkidradio.net, where you're going to find a link to the Monster Bash website, where you can learn about the upcoming shows, as well as everything else we've got going on over here, a link to savemonsters.com, and a link to where you can go vote in this year's Rally Awards to help decide the best in genre films from 1934, 44, 
and 54 to hear a detailed conversation about the ballot, check out last week's episode. Otherwise, go straight to tinyurl.com slash rallies2018. Hadn't everybody already voted and you had a top 100? Oh, yeah. The top 100. This is something different. Oh. (laughs) The top 100. Why don't we talk about that real quick? Because I don't think it's going to make it into this week's episode. Steve Turek and I, we were doing the top 100 monster movies. Submit your top 20 favorites. And he compiled. He took all this amazing data and created a list that was revealed over the course of three days. So much fun. People kept coming back to the table to see which movies came in top. It was really cool. We're going to do this every year. See if the list changes. So that will be coming. Why don't we plan to put that into next week's episode? Not going to make you wait for that. Okay? That'll be coming. Anything else? No, I love you. Is that to me or the, to the Monster Kid Radioheads? Well, both now, because I'm not going to say not to the Monster Kid Radioheads. <laughs> <laughs> I want to end by letting people know that Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. And that all original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. My name is Derek M. Cook. I'm Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to everybody next week. Ciao.